Blog Talk Radio. Zanman Shane Sabunia, King of Expatriates, along with my buddy, the Honorable Jeff. And we are here today to talk to you mostly about Wrestle Kingdom, which is coming up on Friday. But unfortunately, we're going to start with a bit of a somber note. Um, as one of our good friends has been battling cancer for four years, um, shout out to you, Monica. Um, and she finally succumbed to it just a couple of days ago on Friday evening. And so we want to say that we are um, we are very uh, we're very sorry to hear that, and and also that this coming um, this coming Saturday we're we're anticipating is when her funeral will be. We have not heard from sure for sure yet due to a few uh, complications, but we're anticipating it will be this coming Saturday, which is when we were planning on doing. Our, um, our review of Wrestle Kingdom. So we're not 100% sure we're going to be able to actually um, watch the show. Um, well, we'll probably get to watch the show, but whether we'll be um, in any shape to do the show or if it'll be even, even if the funeral will be at the same time we were planning on doing the show, which is like noon Eastern on, I'm sorry, noon Central on next Saturday. So for now, the... Uh, the pre the pre the uh, review shows up in the year. We might just end up reviewing it on next Monday's show, which which would be fine, just a little bit uh, out of the moment. But we don't know how much we'd be in the moment anyway. And just to kind of piggyback off that. Oh, by the way, hi. Uh, this is Jeff. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, to piggyback off of that, um, Monica was one of the best friends we've had in a very long time. I we worked with her for years, and I wish nothing. Um, but love and support for her and her family. Uh, she was a, a, an amazing woman, and she will truly be missed. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, just just to, I, I, I had actually told you that I was going to look for a 10-bell salute, but I forgot that we also got like 100 feet of snow last night that I had to shovel. So I uh, I totally uh, did not get Dude, a chance it was to like do an that. inch and a half. What's <laughs> <laughs> It was. I didn't even have to break out my snowblower. Well, I yeah, but you live like an hour away from me, so I, I so I got more snow here than you did apparently. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, regardless, there was snow. It needed to be shoveled. I get it. I get it. I understand. And now I and now I have my buddy telling me that I need that I need to move my truck so I can plow uh, so he can plow my driveway for me. <laughs> um, tell him to give us a little bit. Uh, 
Well, yeah, but it'll be like three hours. He's out doing it right now. So of course he is. Of yeah. course. Well, so, we so, why don't, so, what, so why, don't, why don't you get? Let me go do my truck, move my truck real quick, and why don't you start talking about Defiant? You have seriously? Are you seriously walking away and letting me in charge? You know how bad of a failure this is. Well, he's not. He's not. He's not out there right now. So I'm wondering. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go move my truck anyway. But yeah, but yeah. I, well, you're right, not going to failure because you're, you're talking about how great Defiant was. And oh and, my uh, God, don't stuff. even, don't even, Defiant. What really? Anyway, um, Shane and I decided we were going to start watching Defiant this week. Uh, uh, when it was WCPW, there were greats in it like um, Marty Scurll, uh had had title belt there for a little while. Austin Aries had title belt. Um, you know, you had Will Ospreay, you had all kinds of great talent. Um, and I've heard a lot about Walter and the things that Walter can do. And and um, I've heard a lot about Rampage and a few other people. And, of course, we know Jimmy Havoc is from uh, from Defiant Wrestling. And, well, he's got his ups and downs, but he's he's very talented. And so we decided to give it a go. And uh, we watched four episodes, and I must say... So far, I'm not impressed. Um, I don't think we've decided how far into this we're going to go uh, before we tap out and move on to something that's better. But there's just something about Defiant Wrestling and the way that it is that it comes across almost almost too much like a gymnasium indie promotion. Uh, which is sad because, you know, they do have some decent talent. Talent that we've heard is good. Granted, I haven't seen them be good in a match yet. But people like Walter, um, who has been on my radar now for almost two years, you know, he seems to have everything in the right spots and, and give everything that he needs to. Problem is I haven't seen him against anybody that's, uh, I, I don't know, maybe on his size schedule so it's been kind of hard to really judge just how good he is and uh, uh, Rampage is another one that uh, has his moments uh, he did take the belt from Austin Aries during Austin Aries belt collector uh, period but I just I have not yet been impressed by anybody in that organization which is sad to say um, very sad to say because it's it, it's one of those things where Shane and I have become such actual wrestling fans and so far off the entertainment landscape that wrestling is what we want and I I've never never wanted perfect wrestling I've never wanted I'm I'm okay with bot spots I'm okay with um, you know slow moments and and I'm a huge proponent proponent of story. Maybe I just need to learn the stories of these people a little bit, so I'm going to give it a little extra time. But right now, after watching the four episodes that I did, and um, we'll have to ask Shane when he gets back, but I don't know how much he's done. But watching the four episodes that I did, I have not seen anything that makes me want to continue watching it. I've not seen anything that makes me understand why people like Rampage, why people like... uh, um, I can't even think of the guy's name right now, but uh, people like Rampage and people like um, Walter are so important and so special. Um, one thing that I did notice is that it just seems like there's a lot of ridiculously skinny people, uh, like anywhere from five foot eight to six foot 
five, and they all weigh about the same 102 pounds. It just seemed like there was a lot of a lot of underdeveloped. Um, I don't want to call them rookies because I'm sure some of these guys have been doing this for a very long time, but you can just tell by watching the matches that they are not anywhere near on the level that they should be. And um, it, it was it was sad. It was sad because I had a lot of a lot of hope in Defiant Wrestling. I did have a lot of um, I don't know what the word is. I, when when they came from WCPW and they had the the wrestlers they had. I mean, they had some of the best in best British wrestlers in the world. I mean, they had Zack Saber Jr. They had Marty Scurll. They had Will Ospreay. Drew Gallimore went or uh, Galloway went over there for a little bit. Um, you know, and then of course Austin Aries and so on. It was just kind of sad to see what we saw. And I don't know, Shane. I, I know you had some pretty good thoughts on that too. And I don't know how yours compared to mine, but what were your thoughts on WC, on Defiant Wrestling? Well. I finished watching the fourth episode like I don't know, like ten minutes before we st- I started logging in for the show tonight. So, I, so I did get through all four of the episodes that have aired so far. Um, I really did enjoy the last two matches on the on. You know, basically, I've enjoyed every one of the main events of it that they've had so far. Well, you but, didn't like the Rampage tag match from the first. Oh, oh right, but it, but, it, but I did like the opening match in that one. That's yeah, right. and and that was that's where it really got me too, is because we've heard so much about Walter, and I've heard so much about how good he is and how, and I I don't want to say I was disappointed because it was an enjoyable opening match, and to open our, you know, eyes to this promotion, it was probably the best way they could have done it with Walter having a, ta- a triple threat tag match against two, um, I don't want to call them bean poles because they were too skinny to be, be, or they were too short to be bean poles, but they were damn skinny. <laughs> and I, I remember I remember texting Shane right after I watched that match, and I'm like, you know what, Walter looked good. I just want to see him against somebody his own size. Right. Well, the problem is there aren't, there aren't that many guys that are his size. I mean, he is a big dude, even for WWE really these days, you know, um, so I mean, it's going to take something like Jeff Cobb or um, I'm trying to think who else, like Ishii. Well, and he's uh, in that mold of Ishii and Jeff Cobb too, where he's not super muscular. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of that big dude, um, right. kind of like a. I mean, he would be he would be really good with a country uh, gimmick. Yes, and, and you know Shane Taylor would be a good match for him. I oh think. yeah, Shane Taylor would be great for him. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and you're a big fan of Keith Lee, so maybe Keith Lee too. But you know, I, I haven't seen him enough to, to you know to know if I'm a fan of his. I just wasn't impressed the first few times I saw him. I I, I just like his. Uh, I don't know what it is. He's got some sort of. It's called a penis, for, Jeff. Well, forced charisma is what I was going for. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> yes, Dick is another. Yes, Dick is another word for penis. Good call. <laughs> wow. Okay, Joey Ryan. <laughs> wow. Uh, but you know. You know, that's the other thing is like, you know, I don't know how much of this you said while while I was uh, out moving my truck and stuff, but um, you, you had mentioned how it's basically, you know, there's these guys that you like that you're impressed with, but they're basically wrestling against green people and things like that. But you know what? That's kind of that's kind of like what, what I've been wanting wrestling to kind of get back to, you know, where where the big matches are either in the main event or they're they're saved for a big event rather than having it having you know every every match on a card be 
these name guys versus these name guys. So, well, I mean, I that's so I don't so I don't mind that we're seeing guys that you know that are that are either you know you know jobbers or you know enhancement talent, however you want to put them, and then they're they're maybe going to, to get better as time goes on, you know, because that's that's the kind of thing that I have kind of been craving where. And, and it makes a lot more sense for, you know, to kind of whet your appetite for, for the future, you know, so I mean, there's guys like the, you know, the professional had a, had a kind of a jobber match. Um, Martin, Martin Kirby had kind of a jobber match. That's the guy's uh, name, Martin Kirby. Um, I S- told S- you I was going to forget that by the way. Yep. You did. Um, SCC had kind of a jobber match. Um, I think Rampage had one too. Right. So, um, and then, uh, and then of course, you know, we, we thought that uh, Kanji was going to be a jobber match for, some other chick that she was wrestling, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was, uh, you know, that, that's the other thing that I, that I, you know, I mentioned to you earlier today is, and remember, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm somebody that, you know, has a history of not being a big fan of women's wrestling, but, you know, ring of honor, I enjoy their stuff. I enjoy the stuff impact does. Um, I really enjoyed the women's match at all in, of course, but, but I mean, to me, the, the women's six man match that we've, that we saw or six, uh, woman, um, Gotland match, which actually had kind of different rules because it it almost it was actually more like uh, a battle royal. Yeah, more like, like a, a royal, like a royal rumble. Kind of, yeah. Where, Would, or or like a elimination chamber without the chamber. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that too. I guess it, uh, that was. Yeah, and but that, I, that, I, but that was that was probably the best match we've seen so. I don't know. I kind of part of me kind of liked the. Um, uh, I can't think of his name. The predator, predator? No. The primate. The primate against whoever he was uh, wrestling Rocky. against. Yeah, I, and that yeah, was a yeah, yeah, that was good too. I mean, that that was the best I think one on one match we saw. But to me, the best overall match we saw with you know with with the way that it blended the storylines in and you know the exciting newcomer and set up both the you know set up a new champion but also a a. Uh, one-on-one woman's grudge match for the next pay-per-view, I thought, you know, was, was really well done. But who are they going to get to face the new champion? That's the problem. Is the cur- the former champion just said, you know what, I don't want to do my title. I don't want to do my rematch. I want this chick who screwed me over, who is the last person that Kanji beat. Who's Kanji going to go against? Well, it, it probably it, do... it, well, it probably should be the one that she that she beat to have the shot in the match in the first place because the, you know that person can come out and you know just attack her from behind and say you know I wasn't I didn't know about you I didn't know how good you were you know I, I deserve a rematch and I deserve a shot at that championship because you wouldn't have had that that shot at the title if I hadn't overlooked you something like that. <sighs> I don't know. I I, I want to continue. Stop. Stop messing with that penis over there. I want to continue. Ow. Bad, Shane. Do not call your penis bad, Shane. That's just gross. I want to continue to give Defiant a chance. Um, (laughs) Simply because I think they do have some high points. Um, The thing I was noticing about it is in episode two, and we're only four in. There's only been four episodes of the new reloaded uh, version of it. Loaded. But it's just called loaded. Loaded. Okay, it's just loaded. Well, I just I'm I'm only I'm clarifying just because reloaded is let's say there's kind of their, their like recap show they also have on there. Oh, okay. Uh, they've they've kind of relaunched uh, um, Defiant Wrestling, 
And they're picking up from storylines from the past. So, it, I mean, if you're into Defiant Wrestling, if it's something you've watched before, or even if you want to go back and watch a few, uh, few matches, few shows from 2017 and early 2018, you might get caught up a little bit. But they're kind of relaunching it um, with a new format, a new general manager and everything. And I... It, it got kind of hokey at times um, with the new general manager. It reminded me a lot of 1999 Mick Foley um, being the general manager of of WWE or Raw or whatever he was. Um, it just seemed to it it seemed like they were more focused on the backstage storylines than they were on the in ring product. And it reminded me a very lot of the Attitude Era. Um, I kind of liked it actually because because he's not only he's not just catering to the to the to the fan favorites or you know or to the heels. He's he's actually trying to be very fair in his dealings. So yeah, there's some hokiness involved, but at the same time, it it feels like it's not overriding things like you've seen we've seen in other promotions and that he's really is there just kind of as a matchmaker and he, and he's, you know, making informed decisions. Um, he's telling them where they have shortcomings. Um, I, I did think it was very funny though, when he was talking to, um, SCC who are looking for a tag team championship, um, opportunity and, uh, and the uh, banner behind him just fell down off the wall. Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that in the, whatever this lollipop gimmick that he has with everybody, I'm starting, it's, it's one of those things that's just like this really little subtle that unless you're like really paying attention, you don't really notice, but everybody that walks into his office, he offers a sucker to. Yeah. And the, the, the spot with him and SCC where they were talking about if it was sugar, if it had real sugar in it or not, I had me fucking rolling on the floor laughing. And I don't know why it was just one of those like really corny, cheesy spots. But for some reason it hit home with me. Um, I know you and I have kind of disagreed on this. I like SCC. Um, I, they've got, they've got kind of a boy band look to them, uh, where they're almost, I want to say the Hardy boys back when they had the blue tights before they became the Hardy boys with Terry Runnels and the new brood and all that stuff where they've got that kind of look to them where they're not to be taken seriously. But when you look, when you watch the matches, they might've been the best tag team that I actually saw in the four episodes that we watched. Well, that's not saying much though. <laughs> that is true, but it's not like I'm hard and dead set against them. I just thought they were sloppy and, um, yeah, and, and it, and it could have been part of, you know, partly their opponents too. But I mean, but I mean, to oh. me, they just, um, uh, my my buddy is now plowing my driveway, so my dogs are so my one dog is going nuts. So well, at least he's plowing. Um, he yeah. can plow mine too. Yeah. You know, you know. Um, just as a side note, you know, the, the guy plowing my driveway is like the nicest guy ever. Like he he plows my driveway for free because because um, he's my friend. He plows my daughter's driveway for free, um, and you know he'd give you the shirt off his back. Really, he he, he once fixed a um, he once spent like two days fixing one of my vehicles and didn't charge me a dime for it. Um, and, but this, but my, but Savannah, no matter what, how many times he comes over, no matter how many times she, that she meets him, she just hates him. <laughs> it's just, it's just the funniest thing. Um, anyway, 
you know, they say they see they see dogs are a good judge of character, but in this case, Savannah, you know, kind of got that wrong. Oh. Uh, um, anyway, so so with you know with with SEC, it's not that I, it's not that I don't see that they could be good. I mean, I I, I did you know I, I like their charisma. I, I like their um, I like the, their kind of uh, relationship with each other. Um, uh, not you know not meaning that like that you know sexually or anything, but I mean they they have good chemistry. They they play off each other well. Um, I just am not. It, it seemed like the spots were just kind of there and were not really you know put together well. Um, it you know they're they're uh, they're green, you know. They're green too. They're just not quite as green as um, as the guys that they're wrestling. And and you know, and that kind of, that kind of like is my overall feel of the entire promotion. You know, even even like the the bigger guys that I that I like, you know, it 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 feels like I'm watching minor league wrestling in a way that Ring of Honor never felt to me. Well, it's like I said, it's indie wrestling at its best. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are these well, I'm not are even sure kind of... that its best is is the right term because you know. Um, TNA when they started were, were an indie promotion. Um, yeah, but they had. Um, I mean, you know, TNA Ring, when they started. You know, you know, Ring of Honor was an indie promotion, and I never felt they were they were at the level that Defiant is right now. And they, you know, they've been around for a while. They might they might have lost some people. They might be rebuilding now, but they have been around for quite a while. Well, and if you think about it, and I, and I kind of touched on this when you were out getting the roads plowed, but. Um, They've had so I much time. I wasn't getting anything plowed, dude. <laughs> really? Because I heard, I heard squealing in the background. Sound like you were squealing like a pig. Ouch. I heard I something I, get plowed. I guess I deserve that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I, when you were out moving your, your truck, I was talking about how, you know, throughout the years, WCPW, which is what, uh, it was what what culture pro wrestling they became defiant wrestling when they went under and couldn't um, afford to pay their wrestlers anymore. Defiant came in and bought them out. But when they first started up, they had some big name talent, and they had big name talent cycle through occasionally. And Austin Aries came in, became the bill collect- or the belt collector. You had Drew Galloway that was the champion for a while. Barty Skrull was the champ for a while. Osprey had some classics in there. So, and they've had their talent come through. It just, for some reason, it seems to me almost like a combat zone, zone wrestling or a, um, NWA Hollywood or, you know, that kind of thing where you've got the one or two or maybe three top stars. And then the rest of it is just kind of chicken fodder. That's learning their ropes. It, it, They've got a decent indie feel to them. They've got some talent that I think, if given the right position, can be really, really good. I just don't know if they've got the talent surrounding them to ever really get noticed. That's the biggest problem. Um, I think probably the person that I enjoyed the most watching this, as far as, far as um, the guy wrestlers, I mean, Walter, obviously, but... Um, yeah, and Martin Kirby for character, but for an overall package, my favorite was actually probably uh, Mark Haskins. And good good news for you and me with that is that he is signed to Ring of Honor now. The thing I like about Mark Haskins, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to if you didn't, is his whole relationship with Jimmy Havoc. Just that whole like brother-type relationship where they'll just battle one second and then go out and get a beer. Um, it, there was something about that whole storyline that intrigued me. 
Well, yeah, but even I, I like that too. But I mean, even when I saw when he was in the this, the one on one match that he or the you know kind of the jobber match that he had, it was basically he's like a wild man who then can you know technically wrestle and then go right back to being a wild man. And I and I really like that idea. You know, you know, with, with that guy, I, you know, he's got a great look to him. He's got some good charisma. He's got some strong wrestling to him and, and, he and has a strong a hot, character. Hot ass wife. He does. I'm surprised, I'm surprised you noticed that with your with your penis obsession. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> One thing I did notice too. <laughs> another thing, and and I know we didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, and we're already 23 minutes in, and we've spent 23 minutes on this. Um, but I. <sighs> One thing I've noticed about them, and, and I will say that the Jonathan Gresham match, for what it was, um, and he was a tag team, and what was the name of SCK? Uh, CSK or something like that? CCK. CCK, where he came out. Uh, I, I didn't. Be, and, think, and the reason I, the reason I remember that for sure is because I was thinking that if SCC and CCK got together as a stable, they would just be SCK. You have too much time in your hands, dude. You tell me that all the time. I know, and it still hasn't changed. Why? <laughs> you need a hobby other than wrestling and getting me involved in 75 different promotions, you ass. Hey, Defiant was your idea. All right, yeah, it was. Um, but it, the tag match that he had was fun. It was a good comedy match. It was really weird seeing... Jonathan Gresham in that style of match. And I know you and I have talked about how he seems to gel and he seems a lot better when he's in that tag match style. But this was a completely different side of Jonathan Gresham that we've seen. We've never seen him be this um, comedy, just fun loving, having a good time type character. Like he was, he always seems like he's the, the stern strict wrestler. And he just seemed like he was having a ton of fun when he was wrestling those guys. And I, I don't know if you caught the same thing I did, but it, it, it was just it was refreshing to see him like that. Yeah, and, and you said you, you said you weren't sure how you felt about um, Jonathan Gresham, the, the gangster the gangster character. I thought it was really funny personally. That he's out there um, dressed like a gangster when he's like, you know, three foot seven. Well, and I think the reason I didn't like it, because when I messaged you that, it was right at the beginning of the match. And I was like, "Ah, I don't know if I like this as a gangster, because they came out in like hardcore rap theme music and they were acting like gangsters. And he's spinning those on um, brass knuckles around on his. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Is he trying to be a serious gangster? And then as the match went on and I saw the kind of comedy act they were, it, it. Made, it brought a whole new level to Jonathan Gresham, Gresham that I hadn't seen before, and I really liked it. I wish he would incorporate more of it in his actual character character mm-hmm. that he has in Ring of Honor because the where he, where he came out and started wrestling in his uh, shirt and then took his shirt off and folded it all properly and then threw it off into the crowd, that was comedy gold. That was just one of those moments where you're like, did I just see that? What the hell is that? And he had another spot where he um, was trying to chop down the giant and them with the uh, him up on the the quote quote unquote giant. Yeah, Yeah. him up on the top of the really skinny guy with the 
uh, tall, skinny guy that was his partner and him sitting on his shoulders and slapping the the quote-unquote giant. There was just so many good, fun spots in that match that it brought a whole new level to Jonathan Gresham that I really, really hope that he can incorporate in his in his normal Ring of Honor character. That'd be really cool if he was able to do that. Um, yeah, you know that, that's that's the thing is that that that, t- that team he was uh, he was up against have been they're two time tag team champions and they're like long time tag team champions now. They said so. You know, I wasn't, and that, that was the other thing is like, you know, they've, they've been champions for such a long time, and yet I was not impressed by them at all. I was not impressed by Rampage at all. And of course, you know, the, the one guy, that, you know, one of the guys that we were impressed with won the, uh, the internet championship, whatever that really means, <laughs> you know, right. this, you know, in, a, you know, the second defense we saw of that title. And that's of course because Walter's leaving the, leaving the promotion. And that's Walter's first ever loss in the promotion. Well, and that's you know that's just it. I mean, he I've seen him lose in Rev Pro. You mentioned he lost in another promotion too, and I can't remember which one you were talking. Was it Rev Pro you were talking about too? It was a Rev Pro and JPW joint show. I, it was I think it was either Ishii or Goto he lost to. I can't remember which one it was. Because I I know I I watched him lose to Osprey at a Rev Pro show. So I know he's lost before, and the way they were making him out to be was that he was this unstoppable force, and they had him up against these little people. And I, and again, I can't remember this guy's name, Martin. Uh, Martin Kirby. Martin Kirby, who, by the way, has a really cool, really unique character, something yeah. that I can find myself getting behind really easily because it's just he, the he, way that a, he, he's a, he's a dickhead. <clears throat> Well, yeah, and he's he's the perfect dickhead heel, though. He's not trying to be a baby face. He's not trying to be funny. He's just an asshole, and it comes off in a great manner. Like his backstage stuff that he did, the the fact that he was calling his own match um, was just that was just fun heel work that you don't see very often. And I still and well, I, well, well, what about when he? What about the first thing we saw from him though? You know, he he went out there just to just to talk, and right. the, and, and the crowd was all over him singing, Martin Kirby is a dickhead, and and he just he took it for for a couple of minutes, and then he just went, said in the microphone, "My bad," and walked to the back. That well, right there, <clears throat> be a fan of his right away. You know what? You know what that reminded me of, and I, I it just. It was the point where I kind of turned a little bit on Roman Reigns and his character. After he won the belt, was it WrestleMania 32 mm-hmm. or 31? When he went on a Raw the next night, and he just got booed for a straight three minutes. And you were, I remember talking to you about it when it happened, and you were pissed that the crowds would go like that. And I, I took it a different way. I'm like, yeah, the crowd was unreasonable. They never should have went that far, but... The way that Roman Reigns handled that, the way that he was just like calm and cool and just stood there and took it and then just went, I am the man, and walked off. To me, that was the turning point on Roman Reigns where it was like, okay, he's not trying to be this baby face, make everybody love him character anymore. He's trying to be a real guy. And I got that on Martin Kirby too, where he was like, he just... He came out, he had an agenda, he played off of what the crowd gave him, and he went, all right, this is what they're going to do, so this is what I'm going to do, and he changed his tune and just went off on, on his own, and that was the end of it. 
you know, it, it was a refreshing type of thing where you didn't see somebody skip, stick to a script or a story or whatever it is they're supposed to be. It was just that refreshing real moment. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, so, so I mean, I mean, so I mean the, the guys that I really enjoyed, like I said, were Haskins, Kirby. Um, I really like the professional. Um, I can't remember his name off, off the top of my head right now. Um, oh, the guy that before his match you told me that you were going to absolutely hate and you thought he was terrible? No. Yes. When did I do that? You can't deny that. I can, because I can't remember. I don't remember that whatsoever. When you said to me today when you were watching and you go, I like this guy. I'm like, come on, seriously. I just laughed. I, I didn't even reply to you. I just laughed because you were dogging him like an hour before that. No, I wasn't. Talking about how you couldn't get behind him and. The professional? Yeah. No, I did not say that. You didn't. It was his backstage segment where he beat up that skinny little black guy. Yeah, and I liked that part. What? No. Have I, I been might, talking to a different Shane? You might, be thinking of, you might be thinking of yourself not liking him. No, I, I liked him from the start. <laughs> he he reminds... Oh, here we go. Hey, come here. Toddler's got to say hi. All right, you going to say hi? <laughs> you're not? No? You're not going to say hi? <laughs> Let me see that. Let me, uh, say hi. No. <laughs> All right. Arlo's done already. You know, you know, the, you know, this, poor, you know this, poor, this poor kid is sick, and you're going to make him talk on the microphone and have, make him tell you four times no before he's not before sick anymore. Alone. He was sick. He's not anymore. He had chicken nuggets tonight. If you don't know for a toddler, chicken nuggets are the cure-all. I... So. You did not just I ate me. <laughs> Um, and uh, anyway. you know, I, I did enjoy the primate. I did enjoy Kid, um, of course Walter, but he's gone now. Um, and uh, and you know we're, we're both a bit confused by what's going on with uh, Joel Henry. But I've always liked, but I always I've always liked his stuff in uh, Impact. So I'm, I'm assuming I like his stuff um, in Defiant as well. That's the thing about him and though in Defiant is he's not the same guy. He's no, not the. Not. And that's where I'm I'm confused about him because I love his character in Impact. Absolutely love it. I hit him with his best of everything and singing his own entrance music and all that stuff. I, I love that. But he's not that guy in Impact and that or in Defiant, and that's what has me a little concerned about him. I, as a talent, he's one of the best. He his matches with Eli Drake are still some of my favorites. But he just doesn't I'm a little scared at what his character work is in Defiant. And if he's going to be able to hold true to it. At the same time, though, it's it's certainly okay for guys to have different characters in different promotions. Like you know. Cody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but at least Henry appears to be a you know a, a baby face in, in both promotions. Right, which is good. And and, and, and uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna I was gonna piggyback off that. Just that he seems like. He's got this, the crowd support, which is going to go a long way. And that promotion seems to, if Walter is, well, you already said he absolutely is leaving, um, it, which I'm still kind of up in the air on. I know he signed a deal with uh, WWE UK, but you had mentioned that he doesn't want to travel far from uh, Germany. So right. it's, he's not coming to the U.S. He's not going to be a main roster. He's not going to be an NXT guy. 
he's going to strictly be UK. So is he done with Defiant then? I have I have no idea what you know what it, what his contract calls for, but I, but I mean typically when you're under contract with with one of the NXT well at least with NXT proper the way that it's been it's you know you can wrestle for progress or for evolve which which they seem to have relationship you know they've built relationships with you know WWE, speaking of WWE but they really haven't rest, let them wrestle otherwise outside of that those promotions so. Um, and I think I think um, Noah might be another Noah in Japan might be another example uh, of a kind of you know where they're kind of building relationships with those promotions. But I, I don't think aside from their quote unquote satellite promotions um, that they're really going to let him you know work anywhere else. You know, and I um, I thought about that too. And when you said that, I kind of tried to look a little deeper into it. And I found out that Pete Dunne has been wrestling. He literally just finished up his independent contracts. So, and what he's been signed to NXT, an actual NXT, not just UK, but he's been signed to NXT now for, what, three years? Yeah, that's a good point. And he but, but, literally... But, 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 I, but I do know, you know, that it came out when, the, when NXT UK was starting, that these guys were only going to be making, like... Um, like twenty five thousand dollars a year, but they also had to sign ex- exclusivity contracts. So, you know, I, I suppose it could depend on you know what your stature is and how much they want you and that kind of a thing. But I, but I can't imagine them, you know, breaking their long term policy and just letting people wrestle wherever they want to. I mean, yes, finishing finishing out your contracts is one thing, but um, and yeah, that, that is a, that is a very odd situation with with Pete Dunn. But I can't imagine that Walter is booked out for like a year and a half. You know, who knows? I mean, with the with the kind of uh, he was a guy that I've been hearing about for two years. So it, it, it's a possibility that he could be booked out. He could be that high of a guy on the scale where he is booked out for that long. I, I, it's, I'm just saying it's a possibility whether it's the truth or not. I, I don't know, but it is a possibility. And and you can hear my child laughing in the background. So he knows that I'm funny, too. <laughs> <laughs> but we all we all we all know you think you're funny. Right? Oh, and and speaking of which, before I forget, shout out to Ryan, um, our Twitter guy. He and I have been going back and forth for the last couple of weeks now. But um, he threw some uh, Pete Dunn matches at me that happened in WWE UK. Dude, go back and watch them. I I've watched like three of them now. Pete Dunn might be one of my top five wrestlers right now. Dude is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, I, I did go back and watch um, the his championship match from the very first UK, uh, NXT UK, and and like I like I told him on Twitter, you know, it was a it was a pretty good TV match. You know, that, yeah. that's yeah, that's the best I felt about it. His but, match but, but, against but, but, Ricochet. And, go ahead, I'm sorry. His match against Ricochet is, is was mind boggling. I and I know you hated the finish. Yeah. I know you hated the finish, but um, the fact that the match itself was really, really good, um, can't, I can't take that away from him. And I think both he and Ricochet put that put that kind of match on. So it, I think, what I saw out of Pete Dunne, and you know that like I said, that one match you're talking about, yes, it was a good TV match, and he had a couple other good TV matches. But when you string together the fact that I have yet to see a bad match by him, 
mm-hmm. that should that should really say it right there. I, I even even some of the best we've seen stinkers from occasionally. I've yet to see a bad match from him. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, but I but I, I do kind of want to move on here because we we <laughs> we talked a lot about. Uh, Defiant. You now you're almost we're almost 45 minutes into the show, and we still have a you know the the biggest show of the year to preview. So, um, did you want to mention sorry. anything about what you saw in the MLW yet? No. Or you're only one episode in. I'm only one episode in, and I just think we should save it for another for another time. Okay. So. Yeah, I'm I'm three in right now, and I'm just gonna say I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think it, like I said earlier to you in private, it, it's more um, our speed, I think, than. Than uh, what we what we're getting so far with um, defiant with defiant yeah the one thing I the one thing I liked about it and this is something that I I know you don't want it because you haven't seen the second episode yet but you know, that's, why I, that's I've, why I didn't want you to mention anything I've watched I've Cause watched because you're very good at spoiling me on things that I don't want to hear I'm not going to spoil anything I'm just going to say that the mix they have between people we know and people we love and old school and New school. And what I mean by that is guys that we've been seeing for 20-some years. I mean, mm-hmm. Ro- Colonel Robert Parker is in the second episode. And when's the last time we saw him? What, 97 WCW? Um, Probably something like that, yeah. You know, so you've got that good mix. You've got Tony Schiavone on, as the lead commentator, which I forgot how good he was. I guess you know at the time we're comparing him to Jim Ross, and he was a shadow compared to Jim Ross in his prime. But when you listen to him now, you're like, holy shit, this guy is really, really good. Um, so you've got Tony Schiavone doing the play-by-play. You've got a good mix of name talent like Austin Aries and Jimmy Havoc and, and people like that. But then you've got a good mix of young guys that we've never heard of before. I just think that this uh, MLW is going to be a really, really good thing for us to watch and something that's going to create a lot of very good moments. Yeah, I think so, too. And, um, you know, we're going to we're going to try to watch a few episodes a week and try to get caught up at some point. But, uh, you know, I, I, I told you over the I told you um, over the weekend that I had read that the actually WWE had somehow let the trademark for War Games slip and they went out and applied for the War Games trademark so really right now it is not um wwe that owns that trademark it's um it's what the hell is promotion is this again major league major league wrestling it's mlw so they actually put on their own war games match i think in september of this year so i want to get i want to get to that point and watch all the build-up for that and everything for sure to see how how well they did that match because um i was not very impressed with the way WWE did this year, and that hurt, and that hurts my heart to say that because of the fact that the, my my favorite you know my favorite thing in NXT right now, well besides Gargano and Ciampa I guess because I I you know you know I talked about that a little bit earlier today, but um is is you know of course is um, undisputed era, and so, so for me to kind of frown on a match that they did because I thought it was overindulgent, um hurt kind of hurt my heart, but I, so I'm hoping that we see something more in line with what the war games used to be, or even what we saw with lethal lockdown in TNA um, with, with that promotion. And I think that, that, that with the talent they have there, they have, they have the ability to put on just an amazing war games match. 
Well, it's not just that. It seems like they have a uh, working relationship with other independent promotions like uh, Impact. And and at this point, let's be honest, Impact's an independent promotion. They're not a uh, big deal anymore. A Ring of Honor, to me, is still an independent promotion. And it just seems like MLW has working relationships with all of these other promotions that I think it could be what I want All Elite Wrestling to be. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. And speaking of All Elite Wrestling and, and uh, Impact, there was also a report that came out a few days ago that um, this, fledging, this fledging organization, um, All Elite Wrestling, that will supposedly be announced tomorrow as officially, um, actually were offered the opportunity to buy Impact Wrestling and turned it down. Now, I don't know about you, Jeff, but... I think that was actually a wise decision if this is really the case um, because that way they don't have, they don't have the baggage coming with, with the name, the way that other companies have had that, that bought that promotion. I mean, yes, it'd be nice to have all their talent. It would be nice to have their TV spot. Um, it'd be nice to have all the assets that they're bringing, but at the same time, um, sometimes when you're looking at things and you're just seeing the same thing underneath a new name, it, it can be a good thing, but also it has some bad connotation to it. I think them starting out on their own with a, with a brand new promotion was really the way to go. So I, I'm I'm very glad that they went that route. I agree, um, and I think we're seeing Anthem. Um, and every time I say that, I feel like I need to clarify: not Anthem Blue Cross, but whatever this other Anthem is. Do you know what right. they do? Do you know what? I, do you have any clue what they do? Uh, they put on wrestling. I, other than that, they've got another purpose. Regardless, um, you know, there's two anthems. One's Blue Cross. This is not them. Uh, we're talking about the anthem that bought Impact Wrestling. And even though they went through the name change, I think they held on to too much of what was the original baggage that it's still hard for a lot of people to look at them and say, okay, yeah, this is a good wrestling promotion. I mean, there's certain things I wish they would have held on to that they didn't, stuff like the six-sided ring and things like that. But mm-hmm. like you said, there's a stigma there. There's a Jeff Jarrett stigma there. There's a Jarrett family stigma, a Dixie Carter stigma, a Bischoff and Hogan stigma that is still with this promotion that's going to take a long time to for them to get past, even though they are now putting on some just amazing stuff. Like this Callahan-Pentagon feud, it could end up being one of the best of all time with how good Sammy Callahan and Pentagon have been together. And then they've got um, you know, some other things going on with Eli Drake, who is, he reminds me of a modern Stone Cold Steve Austin, even right down to his cadence and the way he, his, voice, his voice sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a lot of good things going on there. I just think that they're kind of stuck in that in that TNA stigma right now. So you're right. I'm glad they didn't buy it. I'm glad All Elite Wrestling kind of let it just sat back and said, you know what, we're going to do our own thing. At the same time, I really hope they get that TV spot. Yeah, I, I do too. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, one thing I didn't mention about, uh, you know, the, the – uh, Defiant promotion is 
the ability to stream on YouTube does have its advantages. In, in this, I mean, you're you're still getting reach because social media is so big now. Um, you're still getting advertising dollars, but the thing is that you can that you're not beholden to a company, you know, a television network to put on a 42-minute show and then add in the commercials every week, or a 84-minute show and add in commercials every week. You know, you know, to, to to have a certain amount of content. You know, they had one episode that was like an hour and 21 minutes. They had another one that was 50 minutes. They had one that was 55 minutes. You know, there it's it's great because that way you're not there's no filler. You're not trying to fill time. You're just putting together the story that you want to put together in the time that you have to put it together, or, or the time that you want to put it together. You know, you. You don't have to edit things out. Um, you don't have to be um, selective as far as um, what you're going to put on for on a week-to-week basis and try to try to make each segment into this cookie cutter, you know, one and a half minute thing. You know, you have the time that you need in order to get your stuff in um, and to get the stories told that you want to tell. So I, I do think that YouTube. Um, is a great place for pro wrestling in that sense where you're not answering to a network and you're able to actually, um, you know, put things in, you know, you know, do things on your own time and creatively not make any um, shortcuts. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I, 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 one thing that WCPW did wrong in, It's one thing that I really hope some of these other people that are streaming like MLW, which I don't think they are because they seem to be, they seem to have a few other irons in the fire where WCPW did everything free on on YouTube. And they tried to rely on the the ads that were played during YouTube videos, which you just can't. You don't make enough. I've tried it. You do not make enough doing it. You get like a penny of view. And unless you're hitting a million views a, a, a week, you can't pay your talent. Where MLW and um, Defiant, they're actually putting on pay-per-views that you have to pay for, which I think is the smart way to go about it. And I guess they have some other local deals and things like that. But you're right. Uh, it, putting your stuff on YouTube has such a far-reaching effect that can make it so much bigger than it than it probably should have been. Right, and and, and, and it's a symbiotic relationship that way. Like you know, you you have your you have your streaming internet pay per views on Fight TV, and then you have your your YouTube show, and they and they feed each other. You know, people people you know will be flipping through Fight TV. They'll you know you know you, you'll be watching Ring of Honor, and it'll pop up, and it'll it'll show other things you might be interested. You'll so you'll see MLW Fusion. You'll see. Defiant has a pay per view coming up. You know, you, you you're like, oh well, I got nothing. I got nothing to do tonight. I've got 15 bucks in my pocket. I can watch this show. You know, you watch the show, you enjoy it, then you start watching the YouTube channel, and they get more advertising dollars that way, and it, and it goes on in a cycle like that. You know, so I mean, I I do think that it, that when you have the social media and then fight is just an excellent plat- platform for for these wrestling, boxing, MMA, you know, any any kind of combat sports where they can feed into you know other things. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and Fight TV and, and, has and, become... uh, and, and and by the way, I looked it up. Anthem is a sports and entertainment corporation. What? Anthem is a sports and entertainment corporation based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Again, I say what? Yeah, there you go. 
How is that possible? No. How? Wait, what? How is that possible? They're owned by Cygnus Corporation and Fight Holdings Incorporated. Oh, all right. That makes sense. All right. So now we know what Anthem is. Yep. All right. So just for you listeners, when you hear it in the future, when you hear Anthem, we are not talking about the medical company. We are talking about the sports entertainment company, or sports company. Right. We're not, we're not talking about um, – and we're also not talking about, oh, Canada – our proud and native land. Now I'll stop killing our listeners' ears. So I'm trying to figure out why you did that. Because I love that. I love that national anthem. I think it's awesome. That's great. Let Petey Williams do it and stop. Hey, Bret Hart don't, did it too. Don't ever do that again. Oh, speaking of which, I was watching a um, countdown on the top 50 WWE. It was after you know the 50th when Jinder Mahal and his horribleness. Um, you know they had they've had 50 WWE champions throughout the history of the belt, and Bret Hart was actually number two of all time on that list. Was Austin number one? No, Austin was three. Was Hogan number one? Hogan was six. Don't tell me John AJ, Cena was number one. John Cena was actually number four. Okay. Um, it was actually uh, Bruno Sammartino that was number one. So somebody actually did. A legitimate list. Wow, that's cool. I mean, with Bruno Sammartino being number one, of course, who else would be? He held it for eight and a half years. He was a legit badass who said the only way anyone's ever going to take this belt off me is if they win it legitimately. And he would go out and beat the hell out of people to keep his belt. Yeah. I mean, they had... AJ Styles, I believe, was number 12. Um, Bob Backlund, I think, was number 10 or something like that. I mean, it was it was actually an interesting list, the way they broke it down. The, the only bad part that I saw was that Jinder Mahal was 47. Um, which means there were three other people that, that were, were less than Jinder Mahal. One of them, Rey Mysterio. That's hard to argue against. The who way were the, that the, who, were the, who were the other two? I'm trying. I can't think off the top of my head. It was they were kind of blow bys. But the way they because the problem is that Rey Mysterio was was both like a complete joke. Well, and when he act, it, well, the way they looked at it is they only looked at the the wrestler's career while they held the belt, mm-hmm. and it had to be that belt. So any world championship runs they had, like Kane. I think Kane was actually 49th because he only held the WWE title for, what, 24 hours? And Rey Mysterio held it for less time than he did. Right, exactly. Rey, Rey Mysterio so, won it and then lost it to John Cena the very next, the very same that, night. That same night. And then he held it one other time, but it was just like seconds because somebody cashed in the money in the bank. I don't even think he, No, I think he was only WWE champion one time. Okay, maybe that's... I don't know, and then they had Kane, I think, was 49th, which the only reason Kane won it is because he threatened to set himself on fire if he didn't win it. Right. I mean, they're not going to let a guy set himself on fire, and then he lost the, back to Austin the next night. You know, so, I mean, there was it, – it was a it was an actual good list. It was an hour long, and if you get a chance, look it up. It was done by WCPW, actually, uh, um, What Culture Pro Wrestling. 
or what culture, I think, is who did it. They just go by what culture now. But um, it was an actual really good list. If you get a chance to look it up, anybody listening, go ahead and look it up. It was it was shocking and not what you would have thought. Like, we would have thought Hulk Hogan would have been easily one or two, but he was, like, out of the top five. That's that's actually pretty impressive. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, not sure, and I'm and I'm honestly not sure how that's even possible if, if it's going by this criteria you said because he um because his record was, was, was incredible as champion. It was, but it was only because of that four year stretch. See, I you know when you're when you're watching this, you don't actually think about a lot of the stuff that happens, like the the fact he was a five time champion, but only two only maybe two of those were legitimate runs. Like he won one of his belts when Bret Hart lost it, so Yokozuna was only a champion for like nine and a half seconds. Well, yes, that's true, but I but so, I'm just saying, but but I mean the result. But I'm just saying, even that one reign of his, you know, his what was it? His record in championship matches was, you know, obviously undefeated. You know. It was. Well, I, no, but, well, I suppose he lost. I suppose he lost a lot by disqualification too. Well, and they they actually broke it down and looked at every title reign that was, that these people did because a lot of them had multiple. Um, Miz actually ranked higher than I would have thought he did. You know, so it's something you need to watch. You need to watch and just sit back and go, okay, because they did it the right way, and I was really impressed by the list when I watched it. And this was on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. And, that, so, and how long is it? It's like 55 minutes, but it's worth it. I mean, you got to think they go over 50 fucking champions. Well, that's what I was meant, was meant though. I mean, I could watch an episode of MLW where I could watch that. Yeah, good point. And anybody listening, go ahead and watch it. Ryan, I know you're listening. You watch it. Ada, or Andrew, I know you're listening. You watch it. it. It's worth it. Give me your thoughts on it. Let me know what you think when you're done. Wait, do you have anything else you want to go over before we go to commercial and come back and talk about Wrestle Kingdom? Oh dear God, no! We're an hour into this. I know. I just, I just thought I would ask because I mean, there, I think there was, I think there was something else you and I talked about earlier. I can't remember what it was. We so. have to stop. We have Wrestle Kingdom. We got to talk about, and there's ten great matches announced. Oh, I remember what the other thing we were going to talk about was. With that, we we're we not save, talking we, about but it, but we can save that for another show. So okay, because I don't remember, so we're good. I'm not going to tell you now. So. Damn right, you, right. son of a! <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about it. If I, if I tell you, you're gonna, we're going to start talking about it. So. This, so let's not. Let's not talk about it. Let's not. No. All right. Move All on. Right, so, commercial. All right. <laughs> All right, folks. So we'll be uh, we'll go to commercial break quick, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the card for the biggest show of the year. All right, and we are back, and we are here to talk about Wrestle Kingdom coming up this coming Friday, um, technically, but. Like Thursday early morning, hour, or actually, well, it's still Friday, but Friday early morning hour time. And I don't know about Jeff, but I'm actually planning on, on getting up and watching this at like one o'clock in the morning. Jeff, are you there? I am. I was listening. I was ignoring you because I'm probably still going to be up at one in the morning because I usually am. Oh. Yeah, I, you know, I, I even, you know, I'm working um, nine to five thirty this week, but I traded with um, somebody so I could work ten thirty to seven that day because I wanted to um, try to get enough sleep that I wasn't a complete zombie at work. Well, I'm still doing eight to four thirty. You think I care about that? I'm in yes. sales. What do I, I? I can do this in my in my sleep. 
Well, yeah, it's, it's your slow time I of year. It's my, it's my busy time of year. I have done it in my sleep. That's what Susan tells me. But um, tush. She might be right. <laughs> she ditched on me tonight, by the way. I'm just saying. She ditched on you when she's supposed to be watching Arlo. That's that's really. Funny. No, she's not one. Uh, Jacob's here. Oh, okay. So we're good. We're golden. No, we she's she's uh, not feeling the best, so she decided to stay home tonight. No, she yeah, she told me that this morning that uh, if she it, that if you guys hadn't made a visit to another friend of ours this weekend that uh, she may not have made it through the weekend. So. Oh, and we did make that visit, by the way. I know that's what I'm saying. She she told me if you hadn't made that if you hadn't made that visit, then she may not have made it through the weekend because she was oh, she was that bad. Yeah, she was. She was really bad, and I'm glad that she actually we actually made that visit because she was able to stay here all weekend and. Yeah, I, I heard that you plugged something into something that you shouldn't have shouldn't have plugged it into. And stop and, that! And, uh, stop. And she... no, bad, bad, <laughs> Susan. Susan, shut the radio off now. I did not tell anybody anything. <laughs> I was just going to say that that you got a little, bit, a little bit more. Uh, you got you weren't in, you weren't in quite the condition she was expecting you to be in for the for the rest of the weekend, or for, for, for like the next three hours. So, That's anyway, a good point. anyway, whoa, that was bad. Oh my god. <laughs> Her fault. Blame suit. All right. So, so the so to start off this card in in the on the pre-show, like which again is gonna be like one o'clock my time, so like two o'clock Eastern time. Um, oh, by the way, two a.m. Eastern time. Is not what I just said. You said two o'clock. Yes, two in the morning Eastern time. Uh, and is this? You first. <laughs> is a six-man, um, well, not a six-man, but a, a gauntlet match for the number one contendership for the six-man tag team titles on the pre-show. And we've got the weird team of Toriyanu, Togi Makabe, and Risuke Taguchi taking on David Finley, Jeff Cobb, and Yuji Nagata filling in for an injured Michael Elgin. Um, Chucky e. T., Beretta and Hiroki Goto, Killer Elite Squad and Minoru Suzuki, and then the the Elite Team or Bullet Club Team or whatever the fuck they are of Marty Skrull, Hangman Page, and Yujiro Takahashi. Now, as much as I like these gauntlet matches, I miss the Battle Royal. First of all, right. Battle Royal has become a staple of Wrestle Kingdom, and without it and Cheeseburger and his normal appearance, I don't know that I can get behind it. That was my well, first well, point. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm going to miss the Battle Royal also, but at the same time, doesn't this give? First of all, it moves the the gauntlet match we've had on like the last what three Wrestle Kingdoms off the main show. And secondly, it still gives these guys, a, you know, a lot of things to do. I mean, there's, there's guys that are now missing from the show because of this, but Nagata's filling in for Elgin, which means he's make, making his like, um, I want to say like 25th consecutive January 4th show for them, which is just amazing. Um, and, and, you know, and the guys that are missing from here, you know, are the guys that you really don't care that much about anyway, like Hanare, um, bad luck, Falay, Tai Chi. Cheeseburger. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, and and you know, 
I know that for a fact that you don't like cheeseburgers. So well, <laughs> in in a way, it's good because it gets some people that we were kind of concerned about on the show. Um, mm-hmm. KES, Suzuki, Paige, Skrull, um, uh, Best Friends. These are, these are guys that we were concerned. Jeff Cobb is another one that we were concerned about. Why are they on the, not on this show? And now they are. So in a, in a way, I'm okay with it because it gets them on it, but not in a stupid battle royal. This actually, there's some stakes to it. I just, I don't like the fact that this is letting um, BCOGs keep the six-man title and not defend it. I just think this is the biggest pay-per-view of the year, the biggest event of New Japan's year. Every title needs to be defended, even if that is nothing but title matches throughout. Uh, I'm okay with it. It's just never it's just never six-man titles. I mean, it's not like it's anything really big. I mean, those, those titles, you know, until... Uh, until Evil Sonata and Bushi won, then they were they were, you know, dropped pretty much every title defense there was. So right, but then those three guys brought some relevance to it and made it something decent. And well, now and, 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 and now we have and now we have uh, the OGs doing the same thing as they've held the titles since what like August now. Yeah, and haven't done anything with it. That's the problem. yeah, but they, they still they still held it since August, so. I would have rather had it on. I would have rather had it still on uh, the Bucks and and Skrull than to have the OGs do nothing with it. Well, I would too, but they had to get it off a, get it off a team that you know wasn't going to going to be part of the promotion going forward. There's um, only two other things I have about this match that I kind of want to touch on. Um, the elite, we got Paige and Skrull. We know they're the elite, but Takahashi. There's still two guys at Bullet Club where we don't know where their allegiance is, whether they're elite or they're OGs, because they are pretty much solely NJPW, and it almost seems like the elite are the Ring of Honor guys, with the exception of Kenny Omega. Um, And that's Takahashi and Chase Owens. Right. So to have Takahashi considered one of the elite, what is that going to do for going forward? Well, you know, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't really have like much of a of a role in New Japan. Maybe he will maybe he's signing with All Elite Wrestling, who knows. Well, hopefully, him and Chase. I think Chase Owens is another one. Yeah, well, he's he's the he's the one guy missing from this that I that I personally, you know, feel bad for because he he's been on some really great work this year in those in those six-man tags and these eight-man tags. He he's been kind of a glue guy for that organization for those teams for a while and uh, and just with the storyline in general. I mean, just with the storyline in general, what he's done with it, I mean, he's been a backstage bit player, but he's, like you said, been the glue. He's been the one that's been part of the OGs, part of uh, the elite and back and forth and kind of kept them all together throughout this whole mess. I mean, for Chase Owens to not be on here is really disheartening, to be honest with you. I think he's done some of his best work this year. Yeah, I think he has too. And that's and that's kind of what I was saying is I, I think he really shined this year in a lot of those um, spots where maybe you were just expecting to kind of be you know kind of kind of like a just watching to watch kind of thing, situation. Um, as far as a winner in this one, I'm thinking it's probably going to be the team that isn't like a uh, that isn't either leaving the promotion uh, doesn't have one guy like really pissing off the other guys on his team and. 
is not like an I would have misfits toys type team. So I'm I'm looking at Killer Elite Squad and Suzuki winning this thing. That's what I was thinking too. When I looked at this right from the start, that was the only group that made sense. Yeah, it it really is because I mean, I mean, there's a chaos team involved, but Chucky e. T and Beretta are having their problems right now. Well, and they um, it, they're just I mean, they're having their issues because I I seriously am starting to see a Chucky e. T Beretta split where I think Chucky e. T is going off on his own. He's going to be a junior. I'm really starting to see that. He's had such great success in singles matches throughout the last four or five months. I just, I can see that happening, and we all know my predictions. They don't come true, so don't hang any hat on that. Um, but Suzuki-Goon is the only team, the only th- three-man team in this that I can see moving on forward. Cause it, hey, Paige is done. I mean, Skrull's got another four or five months on his contract with, Ring of Honor, so he'll be around for a little bit. Takahashi, we have no clue what's happening with him, but Paige is done. Um, you got the Breda Chucky T thing, and Goto, who has been, I, I don't even know what to say. He's just not, not a part of that group. He just he, and then Finley and Jeff Cobb. Well, we all know Finley and, and Juice Robinson. That's a tag team. Jeff Cobb, Michael Elgin. That's a tag team. So Nagata is that that whole team doesn't mix. Mix. Mm-hmm. And then the, did you see the name of Macab and Yano? Their tag team name? No. It's most violent players. Most violent players. Yeah, they're going back to their Great Bash heel days. Oh, okay. when they when they were a tag team back in the Great Bash Hill, what, two thousand eight? <laughs> to come up with that name, and then you throw Taguchi in there. That's not a team that's built the last. Yeah, so I guess it really depends <clears throat> on on when this title shot is. But is if the title shot's in one of the new beginning shows, then I think that you know the the pick of the. Um, Suzuki Goon team is obvious, but if it's just for the next night at Hurricane Hall for for the Dash show, then I think it could be Taguchi Yano and Makabe because it's kind of an entertaining team for the crowd to to you know cheer on. Well, not so, just that because it is kind of a um, kind of a feel good show, you know. Well, not just that; it, it's kind of that nostalgic thing with Makabe and Yano and their oh, whole true. Bash Hill stuff. So it, it's a possible, it's a possibility that that team, but I just, part of me is kind of old school where I just want a title to be on somebody for a while and have it actually mean something. Mm-hmm. And with the way that um, KES and uh, Suzuki and was it, he was with Azuka, right? During the, yep. the way that those two teams were, especially in that second round match that they had, and Suzuki coming up and giving his bless, blessing to KES and all that. That's the team that I just want to see do something, take these titles and run with them. Yeah, that would be that would be really cool. Or they could just retire. Or they could just retire the belts. I wouldn't miss them. <laughs> that too. I mean, they outside of like you said when uh, Lij had it with Sonata, Evil, and Bushi, they just really haven't done much in what three years now. Yeah. Although we did get a really, really good match on a Ring of Honor show with Kenny uh, and the Bucks. We did. Yeah, that was that was a fantastic show, or a fantastic match, I should say. Yeah, you and I both loved that one, didn't we? That was probably my favorite of the year. Moving on, we have the 
other never title, the never open weight championship being defended in what I'm going to go on record is say this might be the greatest opening match of any show ever. <laughs> go to Ibushi taking on Will Ospreay. You know how I am with my tag matches, especially my junior tag matches to open shows. Yes, I do. But but we're getting Kota Ibushi against Will fucking Osprey. And that's what I'm saying. This is I don't even care how this match performs. The worst this the is worst, the worst time you've ever been in? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Wow. Anyway, um this, this is, is pro- on paper this is going to be the best best opening match I've ever seen. Bar none. Osprey Bell to Bell has been one of the best uh, in the in the world in the last two or three years. Bell to Bell, and so is Ibushi. He, yeah, and both of them Bell to Bell. Once they get outside of the bells, they're not as compelling. But Bell to Bell, Ibushi was one of my top ten for this last year. I thought he had an incredible year, and had Osprey not gotten hurt, he probably would have been too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got two guys that are on the top of their game coming into a match that we're not used to this style of of wrestling being a part of it. We're used to this match, never open weight, being this just beat down, drag out type of let's go to the hospital because I hurt just watching it type of match. And we're not going to get that with these two. We're going to get a hard-hitting, but yet a very fast-paced and fun match with these two. Right. Plus, there's a, plus there's a little bit of, um, I don't want to say bad blood, because there's no bad blood going on, but there, but there's definitely a bit of show, of a show, show or one-upmanship going on between these two. You know, these guys have been kind of scrapping in tag matches for months now. Where you know where both guys want to prove that they're better than the other guy, and I think we saw you know some of that in that tag match that that you and I both really enjoyed from um, you know the, you know the Golden Lovers taking on Osprey and Tanahashi, where especially when Osprey um, somersaulted out of that um, what was it, like a what was like a her her and Karana right yeah he somersaulted right out of the yeah. Karana and landed, and, and Ibushi had a look on his face like, what the motherfuck just happened? Well, <laughs> and just the way that, uh, that that might have been the best cinematography in wrestling ever. Wasn't it amazing? I've, I've watched yeah. that clip 400 times. That was just <laughs> the way that Osprey just kind of turned around, and, and Koda kind of turned around, and they just both stared at each other. That was just, it was just amazing. That whole thing was just amazing. Um, right. I, it, it, it's sad because when you look at this, we have a, a severe possibility of our match of the year coming in the second match of the first major show of the year. <laughs> we do. It, it's it's a legitimate possibility. Uh, you've got two of, two of the guys that bell the bell had they not been hurt throughout the year. I mean, Coda really didn't didn't really come in till about what April Mayish, and Osprey lost that big chunk towards the end of the year. If you take that out, you, it, and they had performed all year long, I can almost guarantee that both of these guys would have been higher on our list than they were at the year end reviews. Yeah, I mean, Osprey was still like sixth on mine, I think, right? 
I think yeah. he was eighth on mine. Yeah, because because remember I was telling you I was telling you I was going back and forth between Ishii and Osprey. So well, and the funny thing is is Ibushi was six on mine, and Osprey was like eight. So I mean they were hand in hand there, and they could have easily cracked that top five. Right. And I, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm just, you know, revisionist history. I might be changing it on the fly. I, you know, I'm not looking at my official list and all, but I just, this, it very well could be. I mean, one of my matches of the year was on this card last year. And the fact that it held through the entire year really spoke volumes to it. And I know it didn't make your top five of the year. Uh, and that was uh, Bucks versus RPG or Rapungi 3K. Right. But we're in that same boat with Bushi and Osprey, where if they go out and they perform to what they can do, I would not be surprised at the end of 2019, me saying this was my number five match of the year. Well, you know, Wrestle Kingdom 10, I think... We did, you know. I, I can't remember for sure what your match of the year was that year, but I know oh, that at least at least my non WWE match of the year was, was Shibata Ishii. versus Ishii. Yeah, that was my match of the year. Yeah. So. That, and that was you know that was twelve months later too, and I mean it just seems like Wrestle Kingdom every single year comes out with that one match that is just iconic, and one of those matches where you're like, oh my god, twelve months later, you're like, did you see that? Three years later, you're like, did you see that match? I think this could yeah, be... Yeah, and, and, and Ibushi had one of those at Wrestle Kingdom 9 against um, Shinsuke. Yeah, he did. He really he did. I, like, I, I know my, my son and I, my son-in-law still talks about that match sometimes because, you know, he, he actually watched Wrestle Kingdom 9 with me, at least part of it, and, and he was like, remember that match when those two guys used to beat the shit out of each other? So, <laughs> and, that well, wasn't it, the, and that wasn't the Ishii-Shibata match. It, it was the Ibushi-Shinsuke match. And it's every single year Wrestle Kingdom that has that one match that delivers that good. It right. was Wrestle, like you said, Wrestle Kingdom Nine. It was uh, Suzu, it was um, oh fuck, it was Ibushi and who? Nakamura. Nakamura. Yep. And then Wrestle Kingdom Ten, it was uh, Ishii and Shibata. Wrestle Kingdom Eleven, it was uh, Omega and Okada. Yeah. Well, well, let's also remember the fact that you know those those shows also had other outstanding matches on them. Like, you know, Wrestle Kingdom nine also had, also had AJ taking on um, Naito. Um, it had, it had uh, Ishii taking on um, Makabe. Well, yeah. It, and, you know, and, Wrestle, you know, Wrestle Kingdom 10 had AJ versus Shinsuke. In, which in is a, still one of my all time favorites, by the way. Right. Right. Wrestle Kingdom, it, Wrestle, it Kingdom had, had that, Wrestle Kingdom 11 had that awesome Tanahashi versus Naito match. Well, you know? just so, go, go back to 10. You had Tanahashi Okada. Right. Which it, wasn't their best, uh, the best of their matches, but <clears throat> it was still one a year later. We were talking about going, that was the match of the year. And then last year, you know, a match that, you know, I, I was kind of surprised, you know, never didn't make either one of our match of the year list was Okada versus, versus I mean, sorry, Omega versus Jericho. You know, so. yeah, that was kind of surprising to be honest with you. Yeah, but that but that was an amazing match too. And even the Okada Naito match was good too. Yeah, it was. It was good. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't quite as good as Omega versus Jericho, but it was still good. So, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, this is this is uh, something that uh, would, be, would be really cool. Really, if it was, you know, basically the, the first that well, probably the first you know match that 
that either any of us are going to either of us are that are going to see that takes place in the calendar year of 2019 um, could be our match of the year. Yeah, that is true. And it's something that we were that you know you and I were kind of dreading not being not getting when it looked like we were going to get it, and then of course Osprey got hurt, and we weren't sure what the hell was going to happen. So. Well, and then I mean we saw Ibushi taking a turn where he was going other directions, and I, it just and it's pretty sad that like you said that that this not sad. I mean that might be great. This is the greatest match we see all year. It has that very good chance to be. Right. I mean, when I looked when I looked at this card, you know, there, there's no filler on this card whatsoever. But, um, but when I look at it, you know, the, the this has the I think this really is the front runner of being the best match on the card, assuming they get enough time to do so. Well, yeah, as the front runner. And the only thing that bothers me about this card is this feels like a five hour card. It really, really does. It could be six. And that's and you when when was the first yeah Wrestle Kingdom eleven yeah this feels like a Wrestle Kingdom eleven where this is gonna be a six hour card that's fine there's just that much goodness on it yeah why is that a problem because I have a life and children <laughs> I'm just saying and you've got me watching like fifteen different promotions. Well, we're only going to be talking about this one, I think, ne- I think next week anyway. So. Yeah, because I'm not going to be able to get to anything else. Well, that's a you problem, not a me problem. It's going to be a you problem, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it probably is going to be a long card. I'm probably going to be wiped out after watching it. You know, you know how emotionally hearing I was after watching Dominion, because I told you. Um, and you know, I, I think I'm going to feel the same way on this one, especially if the main event ends the way that I'm dreading that it will, and the way that I, the way that I really hope it won't. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to, to the. Uh, well, I guess we should, we should do our predictions on this one. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Osprey does not quite win it here. I think he'll win it again. I think he'll win it later on down the road. But I don't I'm think he's going to win the championship here. I'm saying Dominion. I hope Dominion. And the reason why I hope that is because we've had so many back and forths with this title mm-hmm. that we need a long title reign. We need Osprey to chase it. I agree. Yeah. So, I, you know, Dominion or, you know, I, w- I wouldn't mind it happening at Madison Square Garden, personally. Well, that's only, that's what, a month away from Dominion? Dominion's well, no, June. Dominion's June, and, and the show's, uh, the Masters Garden show's in April. So. Yeah, so it's a month and a half away. I know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's like, that's a really, their next, like, really big card. I mean, this is a really big deal. Madison Square Garden show, their first really, you know, big Easter East Coast venue show. I think that would be a perfect time to, to break out, break out all the stops, you know? What I would like to see... And and I know this is kind of going against the grain of what we've seen with G1, and I know it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But what I would love to see is for Ibushi to win this, Osprey to win the G1, and then challenge Ibushi again. And then face the G the G1 or the or the New Japan Cup. New Japan Cup. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, the New Japan Cup. I get yeah, those two mixed up. 
and then he could face Ibushi at the Madison Square Garden show, and that could that could easily headline it. Yeah, it won't, but yeah, you're right, it could. <laughs> I'm just that's what I would like to see is I would like to see Osprey lose this. I want to see him chase it for him to go through, and you know it's never going to happen because whoever wins New Japan Cup, whoever wins G1, they're always going to be the um, go after the heavyweight title. But it would just be nice to see that swerve where Osprey goes, yeah, I won this. I want the never open weight. I want another match with Ibushi. Right. That, um, would, that would be nice to see. Yeah, I'm, and and I and um, you know, I do know what I want to be the main event of um, the Madison Square Garden show, and I'm not and I'm not sure if I told you this or not, but I I do know what I want to be the main event. I don't know if it's possible or if it will happen, but I do know what I want it to be. What do you want it to be? Kenny Omega. Defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against CM Punk. Why? And you and your dreams. (laughs) You know that shit ain't going to happen. I don't know. Ever. I don't know it's not going to happen. Ever. I don't know. Moving on. How do you know it's not going to happen? Are we done with this match yet? (laughs) I think we've run this into the ground. We got seven more to go here, dude. All right, so we have the junior heavyweight tag title match. This is listed as be number two on the main card, and this is Conor and Desperado defending their titles they've held for God almost a year now um, against RPG Three K, and of course the LIJ team of Bushi and Shingo. And you know, I we we saw we saw a version of this match at what was it, Power Struggle, and it wasn't bad, and, you know, it was actually a pretty good match. It just, um, it, it just feels like showing you are kind of getting the getting screwed over here. But I also don't want to see them yeah. against Conor Murrow and Desperado, one, you know, two-on-two two again either. That and happened, like, way too much in the year. If LAJ had won this title um, from Suzuki Goon, <laughs> then maybe a one-on-one match would have been good. But you're right, we've seen... Conamaro and Desperado against uh, Shoenyo way too much. Right. And it's the same thing over and over again. I think our, our Rapungi 3K comes out on top on this. I think they have bigger plans for Shingo. And I just, like I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, say it multiple times again. The Young Bucks passed their, their title, their the torch to Rapunga 3K last year at Wrestle Kingdom. And I just don't think Rapunga 3K, as great as they have been in opening matches and in those junior matches, has really taken complete control of that torch. I think this is their spot. I think they win the titles from uh, from Suzuki Yoon, and I think they go on a very long streak to, to holding it and defending Well, Lord knows that these titles need a long streak of somebody defending them after, you know. Well, actually, that's not, that's not necessarily true because I guess we did do the long streak with Conor Murrow and Desperado. But yeah, but did, it's been a shitty defense. Yeah, it's been shitty defenses and it's been really sporadic defense. I think that they def- I want to say they defended the titles like four times since they won them in February of last year. So, well, I guess technically February of this year. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the year's almost over. And I guess it is over in Japan. So. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think that – I actually think that 
Shingo and Bushi are going to win the titles here. You think so? I do. I, I think that Shingo is going to get his first championship gold in NJPW in this match, mm. and then they'll go on to defend the t- defend against Sho and Yo at Dominion. You know where I see Shingo winning his first title against? Who? Kushida. No, because Kushida's going to lose, lose the title to Ishimori. That's what you think, but we're not there yet. I'm no, we're not. Saying, I'm just saying, I think Shingo is going to win his first title against uh, Kushida later on in the year, maybe maybe the MSG show, maybe Dominion. And I think that at that time, he's going to swiftly, quickly move up the ranks. I, w- I could definitely see him beating Osprey at Power Struggle or maybe uh, even Wrestle Kingdom next year. And then by 2000, or 2021, going for the heavyweight title. I think Shingo is just the kind of guy that could make that ascent in two years. Oh, definitely he is. I'm actually, to be honest, I'm actually surprised he didn't start at that level, in all honesty. Well, why couldn't this scenario that you're you're putting together there be him against Ishimori rather than Kushida? That's That's a more sexy matchup to me. Yeah, it is, but when you've got L.I.J. and Shingo, who is the heel of the faction, is I can he? see... Yeah? All right. I not by, not by fan cheers value, but he is definitely the heel of L.I.J. right now. Why do they need to have a heel? I don't, I don't understand but, that. Last year, when he was when Lij was clearly all heels, we had Takahashi who was the face of the group. I think Shingo now is the opposite of that because Lij is definitely faces every one of them except Bushi, and I think Shingo is the other guy that's that's in that realm. Oh, all right, I, I get you. Where you're coming from. I mean, to me, they're 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 anti heroes, but. I mean, yes, they get cheered, but they're also, but I think they're more anti-heroes than they are faces. Because I think I think they'll do whatever they need to to do to win a match. Kind of like DX was back in the day. The real DX, sure. The real DX. I'm not talking about this crappy Hunter and Sean remake in 2005 and that Hornswoggle bit. No. Okay. I'm going back to like the nineties and the mid the late nineties with the four of them, five of them, if you count China. Was China part of them? Was China even a person? Um, yes. Oh that's right, she was Tanahashi. I was gonna say as in your opinion she be, she became Tanahashi. Well, seriously, Wrestle Kingdom Ted, they looked the same. It's not my fault. I don't think so at all. <laughs> no, they looked identical. I thought Okada was wrestling China. Did I ever, t- did I ever tell you about the morning that China actually, that, that uh, Lori, what was her name? I don't know. Sure. Jo- that Joni that jo- that jo- Laura, Laura died. No. So I, oh. I'm out for I'm out for a walk with my dog. And I, te- and I te- get a text from my wife that says China died. But she, but she spelled it C H I N A. So my response was the entire country. So that that's the, that was the story. I can tell that you're staying on mute because you're because you're laughing too hard to actually talk now. So 
anyway, um, yeah, so I think Shingo and Bushi win the titles here and then drop them to Shonyo later on. Um, because I do think they have big, big plans for Shingo, but I, at the same time, I think that um, they want to have the title on him sooner than later. You can talk now. Seriously, dude, I can't. I'm still laughing at the China thing. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I do when people open a door, Jeff? I kick it right <laughs> in the face. That's just wrong. You've known wrong. me for how many years now? Oh, too long. Anyone want to take your friendship over? Laughing? Were you seriously laughing the entire time? No, I was... <laughs> okay. I was sitting here, my jaw dropped open, can't believe in anybody fell for that. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I want to believe you're right. I just... I've got different uh, reactions to this. I think, um, I just think Rapungi 3K needs it at this point. They lost the belts eight months ago, haven't even sniffed them since. And uh, I really do well, we think don't, Shingo. We don't know what they do in the locker room. They might have sniffed them. Well, I just think Shingo is bound for better things than a junior tag belt. Well, yeah, but show, so are so are you and Show eventually too. Well, yeah, but I, I I just right now they are the tag team of the junior heavyweight division. They're the only true tag team. They're the only team that can really be that bridge from the Bucks to the next generation. Yeah, well, that's because they don't have very many tag teams in that division in the first place, which which goes right back to what I've said for for years now, is that they should have only one tag division. But anyway. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's besides the point. But, all right, Not really. It's, 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 it's completely the point when there's only three teams to challenge for that championship. And in other words, they have to bring in um, you know outside talent to, to face for it. And as much as I would like Robbie Eagles to be back, we know ACH isn't going to be because he's another guy that got swallowed up by the Empire. Did he? Yeah. You ruined my whole MLW experience. I'm sorry. He was a major part of the first three episodes. Was he a major part or was he a major league part? Uh, he was just a part. You just you just totally you just totally like no sold my pun. That sucks. Yeah. I heard it. I thought it sucked. I moved on. That's what she said. She didn't. No, trust me, she didn't. <laughs> what the? Shut up! You're getting me in trouble. Yeah, I was. I was. I'm looking up because I. That's what I heard is that he joined WWE. I'm just looking up to see if I. If that's correct or not. Anyway, any, anything else? Anywhere else we want to go with this particular match? With this match, no, I'm done. Okay. I'm so, over it. I've got children screaming in the background. I'm over it. So moving on, we have a match that I think you and I are both ex- super excited for because it's two of our favorite wrestlers facing each other, just like the, just like the first match on the card. We've got Zack Sabre Jr. challenging Tomohiro Ishii for the British Heavyweight Championship in a rematch from the match where Ishii originally won the title this year and, of course, had ended up having four wars that that um, constituted my 
think it was my second or my number two or number three um, feud of the year with Ishii versus Saber's mentor, Suzuki. And now we get these two guys kicking, you know, trying to kick each other's ass, but Saber trying to do it in a limb, in a limb manipulation way, whereas Ishii will try to do it just by straightforward um, assault. I think this is going to be a spectacular battle between these two. Well, there's, there's four matches on this card that I can look back right now and if I look at these now, I can, honest to God, see myself in 12 months looking back going, these are the matches of the year. Whether we go tag team, whether we go um, uh, individuals or not, uh, we have Kodai Bushi and Osprey, easily. We've got a couple coming up here. Actually, we've got one coming up here. The other one I can see as being one of my tag matches of the year is the one we just talked about with Suzuki on uh, RP3 and LIJ. Just based on what we saw them do already, if they can ramp that up, what they did at the um, finals of the Junior Tag League, I think that could easily be a match of the year. And then we've got one coming up here, I think, is going to be in my finals of the last, uh, uh, at the end of the year. But this match here with Ishii and Zaber Jr., this could easily, easily be my match of the year. With these two going head-to-head, it's one that I've been looking forward to for a long time, and I really, really, really think that we've got a good match here. On, on it Stop me from talking, seriously. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I ever, I don't think I, in fact, I'm sure I never went back and watched their, their British heavyweight championship match from earlier this year, but I, but I do know that I watched their, um, their G1 match this year because I watched every match in that block. And yeah, these guys work very well together. Um, and it's, it's just, it's just two contrasting styles that, that blend so well together where, where, you know, Sabre, gets knocked out of his game. He's got to get back. He's got to try to get back into the striking game and then get right back to the submissions. And he's got to counter the submissions to get back to his striking game. And it just, it just makes together such a blend. And, and I think that Ishii is a great champion for that, for that promotion. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little sad that, you know, they have, they have to have foreign guys be their top champion to get them, to get them some recognition. But at the same time, he is a great. Cha- it's a great spot for his style. It's a great spot for um, a wrestler of his stature. Not speaking physically, but just you know, he, he's really never going to be IWGP Heavyweight Champion or probably Intercontinental Champion. So the British Heavyweight Title feels just right for the level that he's at. Um, that said, I do think Saber's going to end up winning this thing, and you know they may they may end up trading it back and forth throughout the year again. Who knows? But I mean, I am really looking forward to this match. I am too. I and just because I like the clash in styles, I like the fact that ZSJ is one of the best in the world, and Ishii has proven over the last year that he is too. I, my problem with Ishii is I think he deserves so much better than this belt. I think he deserves a run uh, at uh, the Intercontinental. I think he deserves a run at the heavyweight and a legit run, not just a here and there match. Even the even the U.S. title, I would like to see him have something other than what he has because I think he deserves it. Um, that being said, this is a great clash of 
of styles. Um, ZSJ is one of our favorites. Ishii is one of our favorites. I think they both made our top five of the year. So to see these two together and what they can do together, I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe. It, it's one of the, it's part of the reason why I'm right there with you and I might wake up at one in the morning just to watch this match. Even if I sleep through the first two to see this match. You won't see through the first two. No, I won't, of course, obviously. You, won't the, you definitely won't see through the first one. No, I'll sleep through the first one because most violent players are in it. The actual show. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, it, it, this, they're doing something. If this is the order of the card, which I com- think it's going to be. It is. It's how it's listed on the website. Yeah, and it's how it's listed on Wikipedia, and Wikipedia has always lied to me, those sons of bitches. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Are um, you? Uh, are you? Uh, you're just mad because because every time you log on, it's, it's asking to donate two dollars and seventy five cents. The motherfuckers are up to three now. I I, I paid. They I want three dollars. Like a week ago, and they're still asking me for more money. I gave them like ten. Every time I log on. Bastards. Yeah. Right. Okay. Bastards. <laughs> yeah, like I have money to give anybody. Anyway, <laughs> just stop. You're distracting me. This match, Ishii Saber Jr. We now have my top three matches of the year, and we're only on January fourth. <laughs> That's seriously how I think about these about these three, two, three, and four. If I could sleep through these three, I could sleep through my own funeral. You probably will. Ignore that. Ignore okay. that I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, let's, let's yeah let's move on. Um, Dude, we only got like twenty oh, minutes left. No, we don't. What? Are we well, going till nine? If we're, if we're gonna, if you want to, we want to end it at two hours. I guess that's that's true. Why um, would we want to do that? People enjoy us. I enjoy us. What was I going to say about Ishii? That... I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess we move on because I I totally forgot. So you have his child. No. I don't even know Could if he has a child. The children you would make? Um, no. <laughs> no just, let's just move on. This isn't fucking junior, before, dude. Before I say anything dumber than that, let's just move on. Well, you do have a pretty low bar, you know. Shut up. <laughs> Moving on. We have the other tag team title match, which is... The Girls of Destiny taking on Sonata and Evil, taking on the Young Bucks. And I'm glad that the Young Bucks got added here simply because I did not want to see another Sonata in Evil versus Tongaloa and Tonga 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 Mass. That was a fucking disaster on toast. Um, A burnt toast at that. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that Young Bucks got added here. I really want Sonata and Evil to win the tag titles and for G.O.D. to never have a rematch against these two because I, I, that would just be awful. But, uh, I mean, this, I think this is going to be a, a really good match because I think all three guys, I think that Sonata and Evil work well against the Bucks. I think the Bucks work well against G.O.D. Um, and I think they'll limit the involvement of, you know, of the other two, against, the other two teams against each other. And I think it's going to be an excellent tag match it's not going to be i don't think it's in the running for my tag matches of the year 
but I think it's going to be an excellent match, and I and I really want Sonata and Evil to to walk away with those tag titles for the second year in a row. And I mean, I want Sonata. I want bigger things for Sonata. I want bigger things for Evil. But here, then winning the titles gets them off of God, which I think is important. I agree. I think they need to get it off God. I think God has got has had this too long, and we're over the whole BCOGs thing. They're clearly a heel faction again. Jay White's their leader, and so on. I think with them having six men, that's probably good enough. Um, that being said, we know the Young Bucks aren't winning this. They're, they've moved on. They're doing their own thing. They're doing their own promotion and so on. As much as I want Sonata and Evil to win this, I can't see it. I just can't. It, it's Unfortunately, I think G.O.D. is going to win this. That would be unfortunate because I don't because it's because it's it's same situation as talked about with the juniors where there aren't that many tag teams there so not anymore I mean there just isn't right unless I mean unless you take half of these tag teams I mean if we could get a Suzuki Gun versus um, at this point too with how bad God has been and how bad BCOGs have been and how hateful they've been. Could you see KES versus uh, G.O.D. and KES being faces? I can't even think of that as a match I'd want to watch. <laughs> so. Oh, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't. You know, I, I mean, because KES has has their style and, and G.O.D. has their style, but they're but I think there's I don't think their styles that would mesh very well. I think they would just clash with each other. They're too so, similar. That's what I mean. Yeah, you might be right. The problem is, is I just we know the Bucks aren't winning this, and that's the saddest part. Because I mean, that takes this three-way match and makes it a two-way match. But we're gonna have the Bucks in there doing their high spots and making it exciting and a great match. But ultimately, it's coming down to two teams, and I just. It's felt like for the last year, they're just waiting to pull that trigger on Evil. Just waiting to get him to that singles level, that next level, that U.S. title level, that intercontinental title level. And Sonata is still kind of on a back burner, but he's right there too, where they're just waiting to pull the trigger on these two. It's just, this seems like a launching off spot for them where G.O.D. is the only team that really is stagnant between the three. So honestly, I just see G.O.D. winning this title. And I don't want it. I really don't want it. But that's what I see happening. Yeah, that's a... um... Unfortunately, that's a good, that's a good argument. I hate when I'm right. Well, when I have the impression all, of being right, we all do. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's actually a really good point. But you know, actually, I think Sonata is where is where they're looking at their focus between these two now. Because if we, you know, if, if you noticed in the, all the matches they lost in the World Tag League tournament, Sonata was the one that did not get pinned. That is true. You know, he, and he, I, he I didn't one, think he was that. the one that got pinned in all those matches. So, 
so you know it, it's they're really protecting Sonata right now in a way that they did evil last year. So they may think it's evil's turn finally. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Sonata's turn finally, and that's what what I've been. That's what I think you and I both went for the last couple of years. Right. And I and I and I do think Sonata showed some growth in in his character this year, and you know he. Uh, you know, he he had a he had a fantastic match against uh, Okada that I don't think either one of us brought up last week either. You know, which I did think about. It was it was really in one of my match of the years. Um, I just couldn't pull the trigger on it because there was no relevance to it. Mm-hmm. I agree. It was one one of the few matches where nothing came of it. There was no relevance to it. It was just kind of a here it is type of match, which. It was, really it, was kind of a, it, it was kind of a challenge of the month, challenge of the month type match. Is all it was really. Exactly, and that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's it was right up there with the ZSJ match against Okada. I mean, they were they were like you know, I would have a hard time without watching them back to back. Um, you know, deciding which of those two was better. So. Right. Yeah, and I agree. Um, moving on, we have. Can we move on? Do you hear my child? I do. It cannot we move on. What, we have to move on. Is, J- is I, Jacob supposed to be tying him? Well, I'm trying to move on, and you keep talking. <laughs> Isn't Jacob gonna, tying? Can't, you, can't Jacob tie him up or anything? I'm gonna make a Velcro wall in little tiny mini Velcro suits. Cool. I didn't say that on air. No, no, you didn't. And uh, so the fifth match, we have the U.S. Championship rematch between Cody and Juice Robinson. Now I said earlier there was no filler on this show. Um, I the reason I said that is although I'm not looking forward to this match, I am looking forward to the result because you know Juice is walking away with the U.S. title. I'm hoping that they give him a bigger, better push this time around than they did last time, and I hope that we see you know Juice with a with a nice U.S. title reign. We haven't really seen a great U.S. title reign yet. I'm hoping Juice is the first one to do that, and I'm hoping this is a much better match than we've seen from these two before. Yeah. And I don't know. This is probably the match I'm looking least forward to. And I know it's going to be a great match. I, I Cody and, and Juice, granted, did not have good chemistry in their last match. They've got some issues between them as far as chemistry goes. But Juice has come a long way since the last match they had. Cody has... No, 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 he hasn't. Their last match was like six months ago. And Juice has improved steadily since then. Have you not seen the character work he's done? I, but yeah, but I didn't have a problem with his character before. You did. No, but his, just the way he's accepted losing and things. The way he's turned his, his character and he's back to that happy-go-lucky guy that he was without the Shawn Michaels impersonation. I, it's just, I think there's, there's something with Juice's character now that I think is going to really be there going forward. And Cody has proven in his final battle match that he is not the kind of guy who's going to be a selfish prick on his way out. Dog barked. Scared me. Khaleesi, shut up! (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, I just... I think that Cody has proven in his match that he had with Jay Lee for a final battle that he's not the kind of guy that's going to 
go out of his way to make his opponent look bad and himself look good on his way out. He's going to do what's best for the company. He's going to do what's best for the wrestler he's in the ring with. And I think he does that again with Juice Robinson here. I think he makes Juice look great on the way out, and he drops the title because that's what's best for the company. I mean, that's just my personal opinion on this whole thing, and I think that's the way it's going to be, but that's what I've seen out of Cody going so far, and I think we're going to continue to see. Yeah, I mean, that's that's point. I mean, I just, I know still personally that I mean, when I look at this card, this is the one match where I'm like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying it can't be good. I don't still see any way for it to be great, and you know, and I'm hoping that it's you know a thousand times better than their last one and. You know, and and they're they're one of two Wrestle Kingdoms ago wasn't that great either. So I'm just I'm just hoping that they put up, put together something really good for this one. And you know, and Cody, you know, does his. Uh, I, I I don't want it to be another thing like we saw that he was doing against um, you know against Jay Letha, where it's you know cheat finisher, cheat finisher, cheat finisher, all that kind of bullshit. Yeah, we discussed this already, and I just don't think you were into his whole heel persona that he did. I don't His heel see... persona is fine. It's 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 deciding that there's only two moves in your arsenal, it's che- which is cheating and hitting a finisher. That That's sucks. part of being a heel at the ending of a match. But this is I'm not talking about the ending of the match. I'm talking about the entire fucking match. Oh, he did something else in there, I'm sure. It sure didn't feel like it. I gotta watch it again. Stop! You're confusing me. It's New Year's Eve. Stop confusing me. Oh my God! Stop smoking the marijuana over there. No. <laughs> Doesn't even deny it. So. I got a green card. What do I care? All right. All right. <laughs> Shut up! Stop! Don't make me say so that. So six. So six mat. Six match. Is uh, it's one that I think could be running for match of the year also, which is Kushida taking on Taiji Ishimori for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Um, Kushida, of course, is like a what a six-time champion now, second only to, to Liger, and, and always puts on a, a great effort. And taking on Ishimori, who's very exciting, and I've really enjoyed his work since he joined the promotion. So I mean, I'm really looking forward to this one. I think I think you know I talked about this one like. Like uh, ever since the show started, about our kind of dream junior heavyweight match for um, for Wrestle Kingdom, especially once we knew that Takahashi wasn't going to be able to make it, and you know Ishimori versus Kushida, I think is just going to be. Um, I'm not going to say a dream match because I hate that. That's an overused term. It's not a dream match, but I think it's going to be a very smooth, exciting match that we're going to love. Two things about this match that I think are overlooked. Okay. One, and I hope Takahashi comes back. I hope he comes back as good as he was, because that was the match I wanted to see was Kushida versus Takahashi, and that was the match that I looked forward to. Either Kushida or Skrull versus Takahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. Those were the two matches I was counting on, and Takahashi couldn't make it back. I hope this neck injury isn't as bad as it's sounding right now. It's actually been sounding like it's a career ending type injury, which makes me very sad because Takahashi was one of the best in the world. And 
he was really proving himself to be a great, great wrestler, one of the all-time wrestlers. So that being said, Godspeed Takahashi. Hope he comes back soon, wins his belt back at Dominion, and goes on to be what we thought he was going to be. These two, though, and maybe we have the benefit of watching um, – what's his name? Um, Bone Soldier. Ishimori. Yeah. I mean, we've been watching him now for last six, seven months in his work with TNA or Impact. Sorry. Sorry, Anthem. I meant Impact. Um and he has steadily improved, steadily impressed. When he came into the BCOGs and he was part of the six-man tag matches, he's always impressed. This is really the first time we're going to see him on an individual basis. If he can deliver half of what he delivered with Petey Williams and what he delivered with the other X-Division guys in, in Impact Wrestling – we are in store for one of the best matches of the year, just between these two, regardless of who wins it. This is going to be a great match. Right, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I think this is what they've been building towards ever since um, you know Ishimori joined the promotion as Bone Soldier. I think that you know he was. I think they were probably planning on it being Takahashi defending the championship against him and not Kushida, um, but. You know, I, I still think this is you know the platform that they wanted Ishimori to win that championship on. So I, I do think that's what we're going to end up seeing here. And then Kushida can, and then Kushida can can try to, again as to ascend to uh, to the heavyweight level. I just don't think he's going to make it as a heavyweight. Kushida is never going to be a heavyweight. He doesn't have the skill set that you want to see in a heavy, heavyweight. Or the, or the size. He's, he's really short. Even the size, it doesn't matter. I mean, when you look at the fact, I think Skrull could easily be a heavyweight because he has a skill set. He doesn't have the size. He's never going to be a 200-pounder. He's never going to be taller than, what, he, what is he, 5'7"? I don't know. But he has that kind of ground-and-pound mentality that you need to have as a heavyweight. We've seen it out of Ibushi. We've seen it out of Osprey, where even though they're high flyers, and I still cannot get into Osprey as being that storyteller, ground-to-pound guy, but at the same time, I can see that happening. I can see him developing to it. I can't see Kushida ever getting there. Well, Kushida already does a lot of ground-to-pound stuff. I mean, I mean, his finishing move is in arm submission. Oh, it's not something that you could see him doing on a heavyweight. Why not? Because he doesn't really have anything wrapped up but an arm, and a heavy, a true heavyweight like Okada could easily muscle out of it. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing for the chicken wing, couldn't you? Or or the or the finger spot really. that, that or the finger spot that Marty does. Yeah, but you've seen him perform it on people like Okada. Yeah, I suppose that's true. And and a chicken wing is a little bit different because you're not just wrapping an arm and hoping the guy doesn't pick up your 150-pound ass. The chicken wing is a full body thing where he lays back when he's got it completely sunk in. And that's something nobody's getting up with no matter how big you are. 
if I'm yeah, not I, 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 mean, I, I mean, I suppose that's true. But I mean, at the same time, you know, I mean, you you can you can see a you know a bigger guy like like rolling backwards on him, picking him up on on his on his chest, you know, on on his back, and then like slamming him down or flipping him over like into the FU or something, you know. Looking at you, John fucking Cena. Yeah, that's true. But John Cena's John Cena, and he's super Cena. We're not right. looking at him right now. Bad I know, but, but I mean, but I mean, Jeff Hardy. Um... Yeah, but you're looking at freaks of nature too. I mean, you, for whatever you think about John Cena, that dude looks like a 280 pounder. Right. You know, Jeff Cobb is 300 plus easily. You're not seeing a Kenny Omega rolling through it. Or well, even true. Okada, or even a, oh, Okada, or Tanahashi, or, I mean, we can go down the list of, well, I can of see heavyweights. Ishii, I, could, I could see Ishii doing it. I could see, um, um, trying to think, um, I could see Makabe doing it. I could see Fale doing it. You know, I mean, there, there are bigger guys there that I could see doing that. Bigger guys, but you have to look at bigger guys that are actually threats to that type of championship. Ishii, outside of him, I can't see Fale as an actual threat. Yeah, that's true. My, my point my point is simply that you know that <laughs> that, that, that you know that, that you know Skrull's set is is very good, but so is Kushida. So I mean I don't think yeah, the move no. set is an issue. I I just I don't think the move set's an issue. I think it's the execution of the move set. The chicken wing is so much different than the hoverboard. In the hoverboard is just a single limb where the chicken wing is the whole upper half of the body. I mean does that make sense? It all? does. It does. Okay. No, it does, but I mean but I mean he I but I was saying like also like the finger breaking spot and um you know the finger breaking spot Spot is just such a individual spot. It's it's kind of almost a throwaway throwaway spot. Where yeah, you can see people powering out of it, but it's such a throwaway time that it's hard to break out of it. And I mean, we're getting way off topic here, by the way. I mean, this whole thing was... I, I blame you. Shit. No, it's you. It's always I, you. I still blame you. I have children. I can't be... I I can't be responsible. That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> it made sense in my head somewhere. Anyway, so, 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 so anyway, I, I do think Ishimori wins this one. You know, I don't want Kishida to move to heavyweight either because I, I, I have the same concerns you do. But at this, I mean, I have the same concerns, but all the concerns that he won't make it there. But that's what I keep hearing right. is that he's going to move. He's, you know, he was the plan was to move him up to heavyweight before Takahashi got hurt. My biggest concern with him is that he just doesn't have the the ability to, where other people do. Anyway. I'm going to Kushida in this one. I think Kushida wins it. No, Ishimori wins it. Yeah, all right. We have our, what, first, second, third difference of the card? Third, I think, yeah. yeah. 
Are you keeping keeping track? <laughs> no. Are you? You were the one that was going to keep track this year. It's being recorded. So. I I don't listen to us. Are yes, you? you do. No, I don't. I'm afraid of what we say. I don't ever want to hear it again. <laughs> Moving, Moving on, on. Okada White. Yeah. No, he's not. He's right. Japanese. Um, oh my god. <laughs> You, sir, are out of control. Thank you. All right. Okada, Jay White. Yeah. Zushka Okada taking on Jay White, and I guess really the, uh, one of the two real grudge, grudge matches on the card. And um, White, to me, has only had one great match in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that was his match against Omega at New Begin in Osaka, which was, again, almost a year ago. So I thought I'm, his match against Page was... Top notch too. It was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't great, but I would say it was in the upper echelon. I think I gave it four and a half stars. Okay. Well, four and a, four and a half stars would be great. I, I think I gave it like three and a half. And those are two of your boys. They are. How dare you treat them like that? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, anyway, my my point was, I think this is this is an opportunity for White to prove that he can shine on the big stage and have his second great um, New Japan Pro Wrestling match. And I think Okada, you know, is, is kind of he's kind of in that uh, he's kind of in that transition back from the the balloon Okada back to being the Rainmaker Okada. And I think, but I think this is a spot where White has to win. And, you know, I don't care if he wins by cheating, I don't care if he wins clean, but I think White has to win this one. And Okada has to continue his, his downfall a little bit before he can build himself back up to being the champion. My biggest problem with this whole storyline, and I, we've talked about it before, is the ghetto aspect, or ghetto aspect. I just think this story has taken too much of an Okada versus ghetto turn. That being said, I think you're right. I think Jay White wins this. I think it continues Okada's downward spiral. My only problem with Okada doing a downward spiral at this point in his career is I don't think it's necessary. Where Tanahashi is clearly at the end of his career. He's got two, three years left, tops, maybe one more legitimate title run in him before it starts to get in Ric Flair territory. Mm-hmm. Okada is still young enough where he should not be in a I have to build myself back up mode. He should be, okay, I lost the title, I'm right back in contention, kind of like Randy Orton back in the John Cena edge phase where it was it was interchangeable between the three. It didn't matter when it was, or even Rock, Austin, and Triple H. It was interchangeable. Okada should still be at that level where he can challenge at any time and you think he's legitimate. I think if him doing a, this downward spiral that he has done is taking a little bit too much away from what he should be. But at the same time, I think this is what Jay White needs to take that next leap up to that challenging for a title type situation. Because I, 
I mean, when we look at it, we got Tanahashi, who's he's on his way out. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Naito, yeah. Naito is taking such a hit over the last year that, and Omega, his future is unclear. So we have three of the four pillars of NJPW that are questionable at this moment. And if you put Okada on a downward spiral, now you've got four out of four that are questionable. We still look at Okada as a pillar. We still, to some point, look at Tanahashi as a pillar. Why not Jay White moving to that Omega spot since we kind of have this odd feeling that Omega's on his way out anyway? That's where I think a Jay White victory here does more for the company than it does for even Jay White. Oh, definitely. I think I think I think he's been on on an upward climb to the point where he is going to be, you know, one of those four pillars for them moving forward. I don't think there's any question about that whatsoever. And I think a victory here is going to do a lot for White and a lot for the company, and and honestly a lot for and honestly a lot for Okada because it gives him a, you know gives him another you know future main event opponent going forward and also you know it's going it's going to make it if he keeps losing these matches it's going to make it that much um see that much I'm trying to think um sweeter for the crowd when he finally wins that championship back you know i mean i mean he did basically everything you could do as champion you know he 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 carried the promotion he drew a lot of good money for them um you know all that stuff and for him to, um, trying to think how to, how to say this for, and then you know he he was the uh, he has the he has the record for the for the number of championship defenses in a in a title reign. He has the um, he has the record for the length of a title reign. So I mean, there really isn't much more he can do as champion at this point. So for him to hit, for him to win the title right back anytime soon would almost be pointless whereas if he gets if he's on this downward spiral or if he's on this this run where he where he can't get that championship or even get a championship match um then it's it's going to build the crowd to the point where they're going to be in a fever pitch eventually when when he when he eventually wins that championship and it's going to mean something again whereas a title reign for him this year would really not mean anything yeah, and and yeah, I have to agree. That's true. I mean, he, I, I honestly, you're right. I don't know what more he could do, having the title on his. It, the problem with Okada is he got, I don't want to say too big too fast because he definitely built himself up to it. But he got to a point where, at such a young age, he has become Ric Flair. And even Ric Flair ran into that situation where it's like he can't be the face of the company at all times, all the time. And Okada's gotten to that point now where he runs the risk of becoming, I don't want to say a joke, but definitely stale. Right. You know, so as much as I think that he is not at that level where he needs to build himself back up, he definitely needs to step away from the championship 
picture. And that's what he's been doing. Right. But I'm just saying that he, with the loss of Jay White, I think they need to do it in a certain way that builds Jay White back up to that, or up to that pillar where we think he needs to be because of the losses they're going to eventually have here. While still keeping Okada safe, not completely burying Okada. Gotcha. Yeah, and and I think that's what they've been doing. I mean, he, I mean, he did, he did have that losing streak, but then he, you know, then he then he um, he had he hadn't won a match in what like forty days from the time he won the title until he finally won his third G one match. So so you know, they, now now he's been kind of that upper climb since then. He did lose to Tanahashi. But that's been only his, that's been his only singles match loss since then, and now I think him losing to White here would still make a lot of sense. You know, he he could get the win back, at, you know, at, a, at an upcoming event. But but it would also the other thing it would do is would be position White for to be the first challenger for whoever leaves the championship as or leaves Wrestle Kingdom as the champion, whether it's whether it's Tanahashi who he's beaten before or Omega who he's beaten before. Then you know he is a perfect primed number one contender for that championship at one of the new beginning shows. You know, so I, I think it works well all the way around, actually. Yeah, that is a good point. It's actually a very good point. I can't argue that. Yeah, I mean, and, and really, would you would you can you think of anybody else that would be a better number better top contender for that for that first match out of Wrestle Kingdom? No. I, I really truly can't. I as much as I'd like to, no, I can't. My only problem is who who that champion's going to be at the time. But I like the history that they've had. I like the fact that there's a future going forward, and I like the fact that uh, that that is the choice to go to the top contender. Yeah, I do too. And I, and I, and I do think he's going to be one of their, one of their pillars moving forward. I mean, I, I don't think Omega is going anywhere simply because he became a Japanese citizen last year. Um, his lover lives in, um, in Japan, Koda. you know, Coda. Yeah. Um, and and I do think I do I do truly believe in my heart that that, that they really are lovers, um, and, and, and so be it. Let them be. Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying I'm just saying that I'm not talking just kayfabe when I say that. I'm saying that I think that you know, in addition to being really good friends, that they are in fact partners. Um, and and from from what I've heard recently, you know, that's that's actually going to be something that he brings to light and. Um, and comes out about in the HBO documentary they're making about the Golden Lovers year. Um, I don't know if you heard about that, but they are, they are working. You know, there's going to be an HBO documentary on um, on the Golden Lovers reunion this year. Um, and I can't remember where I was going with this now. Oh, so so I, th- I do think Omega will be a pillar going forward. I I, I Okada obviously will be, and then it's, and then it's going to be Jay White, and it'll it'll either be Naito or ZSJ. You know, and and you know, I, I, I don't think, think it'd be, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world if they had five pillars, or if they had two Gaijin pillars and two Japanese pillars. I think ZSJ is a year or two away, but the problem is, I think, like you said, they need to have more than one 
Japanese pillar. I I truly believe Tanahashi is at the end of his career, and he's given us a great career. I I I've I was never a big Tanahashi fan. I remember joking about him at Wrestle uh, Wrestle Kingdom Nine, talking about how he looked like China and all. But in all honesty, I did go back. I watched some of his greatest matches, and dude is good. He's <laughs> really good. He. You know, he's relied a little too much on his um, storytelling from the 90s and even the two, early 2000s lately. And and you and I have called that out with his uh, reliance on the hi-fi flow, is not selling his leg injury and so on. But if you look at it, if you look at all the older guys from that generation, they do the same thing. They're just, and it's probably just ingrained in them. And you look at Suzuki, he does the same thing. You look at, uh, um, uh, can't think of his name, the old guy, a geriatric tag team that I talked about, wrestled Kenny King recently. What's his name? Mask. Liger, yeah. He does the same thing where he doesn't sell his leg injury throughout the whole match. And you look at him, and then you look at the new generation that sells things for months, whether legit or not. It's a totally different type of style, but when you look at Tanahashi throughout the last decade, there's no question Tanahashi is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, not just NJPW wrestlers of all time. But his time has passed. I I think he's well. The, it, well, it, well is, has his time passed, or is he, or is it time for one last hurrah for the, before he, before he's done for good? Because that's it's, what it's I'm really, afraid Because it's, it's really kind of now or never right now for me. I mean, I mean the the knee problems, the the shoulder problems, the elbow problems. Those are not just kayfabe things. Those are those are actual um, those are actual you know real life injuries and and or not even injuries, but just you know nagging. Um, I guess battle scars for over the years, and so you know if they're going to give him one more ch- shot at the championship, this probably has to be the time. No, I agree, and that's one thing that really makes me sad is because of who it's coming against. But I mean, we got one more match before that, so let's uh, let's kind of I mean, only thirteen minutes left. Let's move on to the last match or. Next match here because I, I think we. You have anything else to say about Okada and White? I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, the only thing I really have to say about this is I think Jay White's time is now. I think it's well deserved. I think they did a phenomenal job on selling this story, with the exception of the whole Gato inclusion. Ghetto, Ghetto, Ghetto. What are we calling him? Gato, Ghetto. Gato. Gato, um, with the whole exception of the Gato inclusion and that minor couple of months where I thought that the story might have looked a little different, I think Jay White Okada is one of the best grudge matches of the year. I have a hard time right now looking at this on paper and not saying this is one of my matches of the year. <laughs> I, I'm it's, not it's, kidding. It's, 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 I know it's a card full of them, but we got we got to move on. Um, but it, it's just. It, it, as far as this match goes, it's it's another one of the must-watch matches, which this card has 10 of them. 
right. nine of them right now. And moving on to to the next one of them is, um, and we we seriously have like ten minutes of show left, unfortunately. So. Exactly, and um, we always do this because you talk too much. <laughs> we have Chris Jericho defending the Intercontinental Championship um, for the second time since June against Tetsuya Naito, and I don't I don't remember your reaction to their first match, Jeff, but I absolutely loved it. You know, oh, it, I did too. It, there, there was three five star matches on that card. Well, two five star matches and a seven star match, um, but. I loved Chris Jericho versus Naito because it was so different. It was a great brawling match. Um, Jericho was at his evil best in there. And Naito, you know, you don't expect Naito to fight from behind as an underdog, but he did a great job of it in that match. And it still took every single trick in his book for Jericho to walk out with that Intercontinental Championship. And I'm, and I'm expecting more of the same here, except for I think Naito will end up winning the belt that he hates for the third, <laughs> the third time. And, uh, and you know, I, I I'm not sure what that means for Naito moving forward. I just I just uh, I think it's gonna you know I I wanted you know Evil to be the champion coming in here, but but Jericho losing the title to Naito fits as well. And you know I'm I'm not sure where the title goes moving forward or where Naito goes moving forward. But um, but yeah, I mean Jericho is um, I I think he's he's still got more time in, in 2019 in New Japan. But you know, I I, I love the, Jer- the the Jericho character, and I think these guys are, work well against each other. And this is going to be another match that I can't take the, my eyes away from the screen for. That being said, and I, I don't know why I said that because I'm going to agree with you. Um, I I think Naito needs this win. I think we talked about it a little bit towards the middle, the end of last year, about how one of the biggest mistakes I think they made was him losing the IC title. But Jericho, losing its Jericho is not a bad thing because Jericho is the GOAT at this point. I am having a hard time thinking of anybody that is better than Jericho has been over the last 20 years. On a day-in, day-out character, on evolving his character... On yeah, switching. Yeah, yeah, goat is not just a catchphrase. I mean, he's legitimately one of the greatest of all time. No, it, it, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he is the greatest. And and that's not just going. You know how much I love some of these other guys. I, I love Randy Orton. I love the things he's done. I love. I, I've always loved Cena, until he became a character caricature of himself. I mean, but when you look at what a wrestler has done to improve himself throughout the years, to make himself better, to keep himself relevant. You can't look past what Jericho has done. You just can't. Jericho has kept himself relevant now for 30 years. Name one other wrestler that's been able to do that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And it's not just that. He's been able to perform at a high level. Even Shawn Michaels, who we everybody automatically says is the GOAT, was not able to do it for this length of time. Jericho, in my mind, with the character evolution, with the fact that he consistently is able to walk into a situation 
and evolve his character to completely combat that. Tetsunayo Naido a year ago was a heel. Jericho walked into Dominion and outhealed him. Made people hate him more than Naido, which turned Naido face in the process. Name another wrestler outside of Bret Hart that could do that. Yeah, that's a good point. This match in itself is a testament to what these guys can do. And I think Naido's going to win. I really do. But if you take a look at what Jericho is going to do and what Jericho has been throughout his career and what he still is, Naito, for everything he has lost over this last year, gains that tenfold by beating Jericho in this match. Right. I mean, I mean, Jericho really did do what he said he was going to do, which is which is teach him how to be tranquilo. Exactly. And 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 so I, I do think that we're gonna. I think and I think we've seen a, a different, more aggressive side of um, of Naito moving forward, and I, and I think that will push him to win the championship this year. At the, and I hope it's at Dominion. I hope it's against Omega because those guys work so well together. They have such great chemistry. Oh, they do. And and, uh, and you know and then for you know for Naito to, to to come full circle and defend that championship against Okada next year's Wrestle Kingdom, I think was would be just a fantastic story. Yeah, that that really would be. Um, and you know, unfortunately, we're we're down to less than five minutes, so we're gonna we're gonna unfortunately have to shortchange these last two title matches. But uh, but I mean, you, which you guys, is normally the case. I mean, you, you guys, guys are know, used to this at this point. You guys, you guys know how great those, these are going to be anyway. So, you know, and, and you know, unfortunately, the, the main event really does not have much of a story to it, other than Tanahashi winning the the championship. I mean, there's not really been a an in ring story. It's been more of a story of Omega trying to change the world and Tanahashi liking the world the way that it is. So and and see the way that they've told the story. And I, I'm sorry to cut you off. And, and you know, I do it all the time. And it, it happens, whatever. Um, Tanahashi, to me, in this, it's a no-brainer that he's going to win this belt. The only surprise that could ever possibly happen to me is if he doesn't for some reason and then retires right afterwards. Because the way they have built this story up, going back to, what, a year and a half ago now, with his Road to Redemption, the Intercontinental win, the G1, everything moving forward has been his redemption tour to win this belt. So unless he wins this belt, the only other plausible finale that could happen is for Omega to win win, and Tanahashi to get on the mic and say, I tried my best, I retire, and be done. And we all know that's not going to happen. But couldn't you say the same thing about Tetsuya Naito last year? No. You know, they, they, yeah, you can't. You could because they've been building him up for, for two years to be the for him. To, you know, he lost the championship to Okada at Dominion in 2016, right. and then you know it took him a year and a half to get, to get that championship match again. You know, everybody in that crowd, everybody watching at home, almost. You know, I, I certainly did. You know, expected. T- Tetsuya Naito to walk out of Wrestle Kingdom last year as the champion. There was no way that was going to happen last year. And but, I mean, 
but we weren't many doing people, it. Many people thought it was going to. Oh, they did. But you and I weren't doing the show last year, so you didn't get my opinion on it. There was no way that was not Omega's belt. But even if we, no even way. If, even if we'd been doing the show last year, I wouldn't have gotten your opinion on it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because you would have ran on time like normal. <laughs> and that's the only reason you wouldn't have. Um, no, I mean, last year going into that, there was no way Tanahashi or uh, Naito was going to win that belt because it was clear moving a year and a half back, this was an Omega-Okada battle, and Omega had to win that belt from Okada to make it matter. We're at that same point now where Tanahashi is coming in, and he has to win this belt from Omega right now at Wrestle Kingdom after everything he's been through. For his career to matter, and, and unfortunately, what? I think for his career to matter. Are you kidding me? Not, not his career. It's I, 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 fucking I, Tanahashi, dude. <laughs> I I misspoke. Not his career, but that last hurrah. For his last hurrah, he needs to win this belt now, at Wrestle Kingdom, or his career is over. I, it, I don't see that. They've told that story to that point that it needs to be that way. That's just my feeling on it. Well, you know, I mean, then that's I think I think when you're when you say something like that, it's you're you're talking about something that. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, how to phrase it. I mean, we're talking about the same situation where you know you and I you and I thought that AJ Styles had to beat John Cena at the Royal Rumble because of what Cena was, was saying about him and, and he lost and, and he was able to walk that back. So, you know, I don't think, Tana, I think Tanahashi being one of the greatest wrestlers, like you said, of all time can easily walk that back. You know I mean? Just cause he loses one more shot at a championship doesn't mean he can't get that Christian patented one more match, you know? So, I mean, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I don't agree with where you're coming from and, <laughs> We're going to go over here, so you know. Sorry, folks. You'll have to, you'll have to catch the little bit left on the uh, on the recording. As usual, really. Yeah. We're going over again. Hey, by the way, everyone, I love you. Great. <laughs> Are we out of time yet? What's going on here? I have no clue. All right. <laughs> we are out of time, but I thought you—I thought you were going to respond to that. But I, but apparently you're you're going to make your uh, insane high noises. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. Listen to all the other shows here on Lords of Pain Radio. Hopefully, we'll be coming at you this weekend with a uh, review of Wrestle Kingdom, and we will uh, catch you next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying. I have no clue at this point. Either I say SCU later or goodbye. Good. I, I, I was hoping you wouldn't forget that. Eh. It happens. It does happen. Ladies and gentlemen.